Welcome to the Thanksgiving week edition of the Sports Block Podcast. I promise you no four-hour extravaganza marathon this week. The last week was a lot of fun uh, talking about all the various topics and stuff. Nathan stacking alongside you and my good friend and co-host joins me as always. Sports director at KRN Radio there in Mitchell, South Dakota. None other than Travis Krenz. Travis, how we doing? Good. It's the holidays. Yes. Thanksgiving. It's, it's warmer again. So cold last week. Uh, warm this week. That's good. Let me be among the first to ah. wish you a happy Thanksgiving. I'll be among the last to wish you a happy birthday since that was last week, right, I guess. Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right. Last week... Talked about the fantastic game between the Minnesota Vikings and the Buffalo Bills, one of the best regular season games of, of all time. Super high after this win. Like, oh, look at the Vikings. This is finally a good win against the team. He said, let me see. Yeah, I'll, I'll believe if they beat Dallas. That didn't happen. So I'm just going to lay. The floor is yours, sir. Why don't you just talk about how crummy the Vikings are because they deserve it. I feel better because this is more natural to watch this team just get destroyed in a, in a, in a big game. It wasn't prime time, but it was pretty close. And, like, you know, like I said last week, like this is a 5-5 five and five team that's 8-2. They haven't taken off their Halloween costumes, but they're 5-5, five and five and they're, you know, the point differential, I've seen that numerous times. They're, they're negative 2 in point differential despite being 8-2. With, with the big loss, and I didn't watch any of the second half, and then I tune it back in, and they always switch it, and that rarely happens. Right. And it was still like six, seven minutes to go in the third quarter, but I'm glad they did that because there was nothing else to see, and then Bengals-Steelers was a close one. So, but yeah, the offensive line was bad. Defense was bad. Even with Christian Derrissaw out there, they weren't very good. Right. So he's probably going to miss at least a couple weeks here. Yep. To get him right. So, yeah, I mean, New England, you got the Jets. Jets got a great defense. And I guess my question is, can this team beat anybody convincingly? I mean, they've shown they can get blown out out of the water twice now. But they haven't shown they can beat anybody convincingly yet. So... I don't know. Like I would see the power rankings, which I just love to death, as you know. Yes, yes. And I like the Vikings at three behind the Chiefs and the Eagles. And it's like yeah, it was just a lucky, fluky win last week to where we would remember it for the goal line stand where they didn't get in. We would remember that, except for the fumble in overtime that happened. That should not have ever happened. And, you know, the Josh Allen fumble, the Vikings really didn't do anything to force it. That was a... That was all on Buffalo, mm-hmm. and they got the fumble recovery. And that was nice, but yeah, it's like this is just not an eight and two team or a typical eight and two team, and a team that you know probably wins one playoff game at home, and that's about what they do because that's all they've ever done. That's all I've ever seen them do. So there should be a lot of wins coming up, but yeah, the way they—I mean, Micah Parsons just owned the game. And, and, and the thing about the defense is it's not very good. We've known this. Mm-hmm. And 
they rely too much on turnovers, which are just a random thing that happens. Like there's no rhyme or reason to fumbles. There's no rhyme or reason sometimes to interceptions. And they've gotten away with a lot of fortunate turnovers this year. And that's helped mask some of the issues that they've had. So and this was a good comeback to earth loss of we're eight and two. We should win the division. We may get the two seed. The one seed was looking really good there for a couple of days. But it's like, let's understand how they won the eight games and there's a half season left and they, they just have to get better. Like they have to, I mean, Cousins has to be better offensive line. They shut down Jefferson. Imagine that. They put their best corner, Trayvon Diggs, on our best receiver and he gets three catches for 33 yards. And then we go and put our rookie, Andrew Booth, on Stefan Diggs, and that's how that ends up. So, well, I, like, I so, I, I really, I, I, there's no defending what happened on Sunday. They lose forty to three. It's embarrassment. Uh, I thought the the game was reminiscent of the NFC Championship game against the Philadelphia Eagles, because that Bills, the, the the way the Bills game went was kind of similar to the Minneapolis Miracle. And the team is on just such a high afterward, uh, like the, just the amount of energy and the excitement and stuff surrounding the game, the ending and everything like that. If it's just, I think they get they got exhausted maybe and just weren't as mentally prepared for the upcoming week as they should have been. You know, again, like the NFC Championship game, they lose thirty-eight to seven. Here it's worse, forty to three. It's the worst. Home loss for them in you know almost 50 years since 1963. It's the largest road victory for the Cowboys in their franchise history, and that says a, a lot. So that's not good. Uh, also, not having Cam Dantzler or Caleb Evans. I don't think a Caleb Evans is good was the sole difference maker here, but Evans is better than Booth right now because Evans has played a lot more. Uh, so I think if if he and or Dantzler were able to play in that game, that that would have been slightly different. I looked at the universe. The universe was giving me signs uh, last week. Everyone loving Paul Allen. Like, okay, I mean, rightfully so. Great great play-by-play guy. Lots of excitement. He's getting a lot of national recognition. But not saying that he's too big for his britches. But it's like, okay, everyone's talking about the Vikings and stuff. It's like, okay, here's this big big uh, showcase for them and you know everyone's talking and whatnot so that's likely to happen Gophers lose to the Iowa Hawkeyes 13-10 Mo Ibrahim fumbles it inside the 10 yard line when it looked like the Gophers would either drive for a touchdown or kick a field goal they could have won the Floyd of Rosedale um it's like okay that's not good um then Sunday uh the Colts are beating the Eagles 13 to 3 like, okay, things are looking good. Uh, they miss a field goal. Eagles score a touchdown. Colts get a field goal. Like, okay, we just need a stop. It's third and goal now. The Eagles are driving, and Jalen Hurts runs it in with under a minute to go. They get a, sta- uh, get a stop, and the Eagles beat the Colts 17-16. Like, the, N- the, the number one seed in the NFC was there for the Vikings for 59 minutes on uh on Sunday, it's like, wow, maybe the Eagles are a little more susceptible. They come back and win. It's like, ah, uh, shit. Yep, this is just, it, it's just telling you something. 
And I like this wouldn't have helped matters, but at least a they would have scored a touchdown in their ninety what ninety third consecutive game, and Cousins would have had a touchdown pass in what his fortieth or thirty third consecutive whatever it is. Had T.J. Hawkinson caught that ball in the end zone, like that's a catchable ball. Um, yeah, you gotta catch up. Yep. So that's not good, especially for the guy that you traded a couple of you know second round picks for. Cousins was under duress all game long, uh, so it just wasn't good. There's nothing good you can say about it. Uh, but I thought of you right away. It's like this is exactly what you were talking about, and now I'm nervous for Thanksgiving against the Patriots because the Patriots have a good defense. Also, in the game, too, when Zadarius Smith has Dak Prescott in a bear hug, like, like the sack is just right there. He's never going to get an easier sack, and all of a sudden he just sl- it slips through the grasp, and Dak Prescott's able to run for a yard. It's like, oh, my God. That was, I think it was on the second drive of the game, or third drive. It's like, oh, my gosh. Really? Like, that's, that's just a telltale sign of how this day is going to go. So everything worked against the Vikings. Do I think they're as bad as what they showed um, Yes, uh, on Sunday? No. Are they as good as beating the Bills? No. I think they're somewhere in between. Now, beat the Patriots, and I'll be okay. Like I'll, I'll, I'll feel okay about them. Um, you lose to the Patriots, then the concerns start to happen for me. And I want, this is the first true test for this excuse me, maybe it's the second true test for this coaching staff to see how they can get the team back after this embarrassing loss. And they all the praise from last week. It's fine that they won, but it's like, how did they win? Like, they were down 27-10, to 10 and I'll go to my grave thinking that was the luckiest win I've ever seen of any team ever. Like, no, nobody's ever won a game like that. Where there's less than a minute left, you have one timeout, and your defense comes back on the field, and you're trailing by four. Like, I don't think any team's ever won. There's like 40, 50, 60 years, something like that, since something like that has happened. Yeah, the miracle at the Meadowlands was the last time, I think. Like that. Yep. And, like, yeah, before that, like, has that ever happened? So it's like it's just watch the game, look at the context. How did how did they win? How did they lose? What led to their to their? I mean, the Jefferson catch and all the things we talked about. Just how unlikely everything was. So eight and two, that's good. You still feel good for the two seed. You feel like they're going to lose a couple games here. Obviously, I, I look at that Bears game. Hopefully, that's not an important game yep. last week of the year because I don't like going to Chicago ever. But, and the way Dallas lost last week to Green Bay, it's like, how and why? I mean, those running backs and that offensive line is just spectacular. And I'm sure Dallas will find a way to piss it down their legs in the playoffs like usual. Yes. But, I mean, their defense is good. Their their running game, they probably got the best two running back combos you could have. Like, Tony yep. Pollard is excellent. He was on my bench in fantasy. Uh, fortunately, it's not going to matter this week. But uh, mm-hmm. um, your, your bench could be like uh, a second team that could win most weeks. Yeah, yep. Tua and Tony Pollard and DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Mm. 
And in, in a league where like this is the closest games have ever been, games have never been this close, mm-hmm. and there really weren't any blowouts. The you know, Lions beat Giants by 13, and there was one other game right. that was kind of out of hand. I guess Washington over Texans. Houston. Yep, yep. And every, every other game was close. And in a league in which it seems impossible to blow anybody out, uh, was this the biggest blowout of the year, 37 points? I believe so, yes. It would have to be. I mean, it, it just seems impossible to blow anybody out. And and they did it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's not impossible to make a run in the playoffs after getting blown out like this. It has happened. I saw a list of... Of five teams that went on to win the Super Bowl that lost by 30-plus during the year. So, it happens. But, yeah, this was this was the culmination of, you know, seven, eight straight weeks of very fortunate wins all collapsing at once. Yeah. Vikings are 8-2 and two with a minus two-point differential. And, and the Cowboys were a one-point favorite. Yes. It's like, well, yes, because the Vikings... They're not eight and one good. They're more of a. I mean, yes, they, they're a five hundred team. They've scored just as much as they've uh, given up. It's like yes, negative two. That's a five hundred team. So this was hopefully a reminder of yes, this team is not that good. Like they're maybe the tenth best team in the NFL, I guess. Eagles, yeah. Dallas definitely better. San Francisco better. Everybody likes San Francisco. I do as well. I would say they're better. Yep. And then you look at the Chiefs, and I would say the Bills are a better team despite the loss. Yep. And some other teams, you know, you know, we'll see how they do against the Jets and Patriots, and you know, they play the Dolphins. Um, so they're like the tenth best team. They're not the third or fourth or fifth best team in the NFL. Like you have to look more just their record. Like how are they winning? How are they losing? Yep. How is the game being played? So that was. A good reminder of, oof, this this can go south in a hurry. So, yeah, quick turnaround. So, well, they, you got to play better. I'm sure it'll be close. They often say, you know, like, players after a game like this love a quick turnaround because, you know, you don't yeah. have to, sol- you know, like, sit on this loss for a, a full week. And that's maybe the benefit of them playing Thursday night against yeah. the Patriots who aren't lighting the world on fire. I mean, it was – they beat the Jets ten to three. Jets had, I think, two yards of offense in the second half, but they have Zach Wilson. So I think that oh, it, it wasn't that offense. <laughs> so I can tell you that. Yeah, uh, and then Zach Wilson. A lot of t- a lot of talk about him and his status now with the Jets because he didn't take ownership of or responsibility for the Jets' woes on offense uh, after. The, after the loss on Sunday, and he's rubbing teammates the wrong way with how he's handling things, and Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets, was like, well, yeah, he's the starting quarterback. No, don't even ask. And then Monday night, he says, eh, you know what? Everything's on the table. All options are open. Uh, kind of evaluating everything. So, how, how good how good would the Jets be if they had Andy Dalton as quarterback? Oh, I would say pretty damn good. Like if Joe Flacco was the quarterback, <laughs> they'd be like, you know what? Um, our defense can carry us. Uh, Brees Hall, in that, that injury was a killer. Yes. That was a huge well, killer. Also, Elijah Vera Tucker, their offensive lineman. Yeah. Um, they have a couple other injuries, too. But, yeah, the Brees Hall. I mean, they, they are, they're not winning games because of Zach Wilson. 
And, like, you can bench him. It's, it feels like they never want to bench a quarterback. Like, you can bench him for a week or two. It doesn't mean he's got to sit out the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And it was windy, and, and, and conditions were not good. But Mac Jones, he, as far as the conditions were concerned, it looks like he played fine. He was, what, 23 of 27. And the other guy can't muster a single yard of offense in the second half. It's like, I mean, there are, I mean, I don't know, like, what I see and what other evaluators see. I don't know if they see, like, oh, what could be. Uh-huh. And then I see, of, well, what the hell is actually going to happen? Oh, he can throw it. Well, that's fine. He can't complete a fucking five or ten yard pass to the flats. It's like, so I, I, I've never thought he's ever going to be good. And he's in his second year, and it doesn't appear he's gotten any better. Right. I think he'd be better by now, but he's not. So, like, bench him. Like, you've got a real legitimate shot at the playoffs. Your defense is excellent. I'm very concerned next week when they play him with the Vikings offensive line. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Do you want to win or not? Because right now it doesn't appear they want to because that's – it's amazing they were in that game considering how terrible what they didn't. They didn't go past the 35-yard line in the second half or something like that? Yeah. yeah. I was like, Christ. It's, you know, he was the second pick in the draft last year. The second pick. You know and they picked him. You know who else and was I the second? And said, he's off. You know who else was the second overall pick? Our boy, Frank. Oh, boy, Frank. Was Frank was number three? I thought he was two. Was it two? And again, it's like you're picking these guys two or three. Like, what am I seeing? And I'm not watching the tape, but I barely watch these guys. Mm-hmm. And I've been wrong plenty. But Maybe. it's like you're taking this guy. Yeah. Maybe he's three. Either way, I mean, he he was way high up there. Two or three. I think they traded up. I think they yeah. traded up to get him. Yep. In a draft that had Deshaun Watson and I Patrick Mahomes. I mean, quite the one of the best of all time. And you pick. It's like what? It, it it it'll always be that way, but it, it it kills me. It just speaking of that, I don't like any quarterback this year coming out except Bryce Young. You I don't like Will like Levis. I don't like CJ Stroud. Okay. I think there's a chance like quarterbacks are going to go one, two, three. Yep. You got the Raiders. You've got Carolina. You know, I have a real shot, one, two, three. Next year, though, the following year, they do not pick a quarterback this year unless, you know, Detroit's going to be up there maybe. You've got what Drake May from UNC. He may probably come out. Yep. You've got uh, Quinn Ewers from Texas, who I don't really like. I'll see what happens with him. And uh, who's the other guy? The other, there's one more. Who the hell was it? But there's three, like, really good quarterbacks coming out where it's like, oh, yeah, Caleb Williams from USC. He yes. might win the Heisman. Yeah. Um, and I like him a lot. So it's like, don't waste a – don't waste on C.J. Stroud or Will Levis. Wait next year. But – You've got Drake May, Caleb Williams, Quinn Ewers. Like, do not well, waste a pick. The, the, the counter argument to that, though, is that last year we were saying, oh, don't waste a pick on – Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or or these guys because next year we got Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and uh, Will Levis and like there were a lot and uh, Leary from North Carolina State there were so many like people that say hey look at this quarterback class 
We expect yeah. it to be good next year, but it's not yeah. a guarantee. It's so, not, but like I don't like Will Levis. He's not good. No, I, I, and he's no. lost. And he's lost some. He doesn't. His offense is not as good as it was last year with, with receivers and yeah. whatever. And like Ohio State quarterbacks, like how many Ohio State quarterbacks have to be in the NFL before it's like you know what? Hey, Justin Fields looking pretty good lately, except no, now he's injured. No, he, <coughs> like he, he the, the running, the running is nice, but he still can't throw for shit. So. I mean, at least the Bears games are exciting. Yeah. At least they're a exciting terrible instead of a boring terrible. Yeah. So that's good. Um, Vikings right now three-point favorites against New England. What concerns me most about the Patriots is that they're going to, I think, run the football with Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, maybe, I don't know, Pierre Strong Jr. gets uh, a handoff or two. I think it's going to be just... They're just going to pound the rock, and the Vikings have to show that they can stop that. Um, that's, I think, what's going to happen in this game because Mac Jones, I don't know, I don't really trust him to make a whole lot. I, th- I think the Vikings win this one, but after after this last week, I don't say that with any degree of confidence whatsoever. But they're not. They're all. I think they have something to prove now this week that they are not as bad as what last week was. They were embarrassed. Let's see the pride that this team has. Um, yeah, it, that was just bad. Uh, other... the def- defense has to get better. Yes, yes, absolutely. And the offense, it's very frustrating to see them down by 10 points in the fourth quarter most weeks. And then when they need to score, they do. It's like, don't let it come to that. Do yeah. something before that. So... Yeah, things need to get better. Um, other other new or like other scores from around the league. Not this was not a. I mean, the, the Falcons Bears was entertaining, but I mean, what real significance does that have? I guess Atlanta stays alive in the NFC South. Uh, Bills got uh, snowed out to Detroit, and for whatever reason, they canceled practice on Friday but then choose not to leave until Saturday afternoon and people are having to dig them out and, you know, shuttle like the, the like Bill's operation staff is picking up players to get them to buzz. Like what the hell are they doing? Get fly to Detroit on Thursday for crying out loud. And then for them to say, Hey, we're going to fly back to Buffalo after the game. Stay in Buffalo for a couple days, then fly back to Detroit for Thanksgiving. Like, is it the whole point of them playing the game in Detroit so that they could arguably stay there because they're playing in Detroit on Thanksgiving? Like, it, I, I don't understand. I, I get you want to be home, but the whole order of operations here from the Bills makes absolutely no sense to me. They beat the Browns 31-23. to This game was sluggish. They, they were very sluggish on offense uh, for almost the entire first half. Started to pick it up. Drives bogged down, though. Thank goodness they have Tyler Bass, uh, fantastic field goal kicker. Uh, he put up a lot of points on the board for them. But, I mean, so the Bills win. They hold off the late Browns rally, but... I, I just questioning their decision making, their their process uh, in, in all of this. Yes, yeah, so late Thursday, if you, we know they received six and a half feet of snow, eighty inches of snow. 
and yeah, leave Thursday. Why are we using resources to dig out football players to make a football game? Yeah, I don't understand why that was such a such an issue. And again, the and big, I guess like I can understand flying back. You don't want to spend any more time in Detroit than you have to. Well, right, right. But but, you go back. You go back a couple days later, Thanksgiving. But it's just like. But isn't that the whole point? Be smart, of, right? Oh yeah, but isn't that the whole reason why the game was moved to Detroit because Buffalo was playing in Detroit? Like, stay there a week if you have to. I think I think it's just the closest option. Yeah, like I have no idea why Minneapolis was the option for a game at Tampa Bay between the Chiefs and Bucks. True. Yeah, the Hurricane when you have New Orleans and Houston and Dallas right there. But I think it's just the the easiest route to get to. So, man, man, just kind of a coincidence. They have to go back the next week. So, it's like Buffalo, they they seem to do this where they struggle. You know, they they beat the the Chiefs last year and they beat the Chiefs this year. And then they went on a little bit of a losing streak last year. They beat the Chiefs and then they proceed to lose to the Titans the next week. Then they lost to Jacksonville 9-6 and they got blown out by the Colts 41-15. Yep. And they, they 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 lose more games than they should. But two teams I want to highlight, one being the Bills. Like I feel like the Bills should win most of their games. If not, I go like seven and one. Yep. They're at Detroit. Yep. They're they're at New England. Yep. Win. Uh, they host the Jets and the Dolphins. Win, maybe more than likely a win, but oh, dang, that Dolphins team's looking awfully yeah. good right now. And Dolphin, you know, in the December 18th in Buffalo. We'll see what the weather is. Yep. Uh, they're at Chicago. Win. And then at Cincinnati, Monday Night Football. Loss. That's a nice one. And then they, they host the Patriots to end the season. So besides mm-hmm. that Bengals game, I mean, I don't see many more than two losses, so maybe right. just one. Yep. Okay. And then, even though it was very ugly yesterday, I do not see the Baltimore Ravens losing again. I, would I think they finished that. fourteen and three. Um, uh, obviously, Carolina game was not good. They've won four in a row now. Yep. Uh, they're at Jacksonville this week. Yeah, that's okay. They, they host the Broncos. Win. Uh, they're at. Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Always uh, difficult, but yeah, I think I think they lose one of those games to the Steelers. I think. And they host uh, they host the Falcons. Win. And then they host the uh, host the Steelers. Yep. Yeah. And they're at Cincinnati to end the season. So that's another team that's got a very favorable schedule. Yep. So if you're looking at a dark horse to get the one seed. Baltimore, yeah. seven and three. We'll see what happens. I feel like they're going to lose at least one game, if not two. And yeah. that I feel like the AFC North could come down to that uh, the Week 18 uh-huh. at Cincinnati. Um, if the Natty can keep winning their games, I mean they finally pick up their first division win of the of the season. But yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't. The schedule is just panned out perfectly for Baltimore. I don't know what it's going to take to get the seventh seed, but I don't think the Bengals are making the playoffs. Okay. 
Uh, I think they've got a brutal third. Six and four. Well, that's true. They do have to play the Chiefs this uh, in a couple weeks. Here. Next week, they, they're they're at Tennessee this week. That's tough. Yeah, Tennessee. I tell you what, I don't every, every year, every year. I Tennessee gets no love nationally. They go into Green <laughs> Bay and and I don't want to say whoop them, but. I mean, Green Bay, oh, you're thinking coming off this big win against Dallas, like, hey, they'll, they'll utilize this. They'll, I I mean, Aaron Rodgers is missing wide receivers who are wide open. Um, and the Titans, Ryan Tannehill throws for over 300 yards. Like, I, I just, I don't get the Titans, but they just keep winning. So I, why would I doubt them at this stage? They're very boring. They're no fun to watch. Their running back is their best player. They got rid of A.J. Brown. They're only receiver. I can't name a single receiver they have. Robert Woods and Traylon Burks are the only. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't name a single player on their team besides their quarterback and running back. I guess they got Taylor Luan, I think. Yes, they do. That's about it. But they're about four points away from being 9-1. and Because they lost to the Giants week one by a point. Yep, yep. And they lost to the Chiefs there a couple weeks ago by three. Yep. Other than that. You know, they've got the Bengals this week. They're at the Eagles in a couple weeks. That should be good. Oh, go Titans. Beat them. Beat them. Please beat the Eagles. And then going back to the Bengals, I mean, you know, they're at the Titans and they got the Chiefs. Yeah. Tough. Um, they're at Tampa. They're at New England. And then they end the season against Buffalo and Baltimore. That's tough. You're right. That's... Good, good fucking luck. If, you yeah. can, if they make the playoffs, I will tip my hat to the Bengals and say, that's awfully goddamn impressive because that, that's yeah seven games right there. If you go four and three, you'll be a ten and seven. I think you might get in. But boy, you can probably beat the Browns, and that's about it. Maybe I don't know. Maybe you beat Tampa Bay, but boy, yeah, Bengals. Uh, thumbs down for them just because of the tough schedule. The Ravens win this division just by virtue of the easy schedule. Like we didn't expect oh, Denver no. to be this bad this year. Um, and I guess, I don't know, we thought the Steelers might be bad, but not this bad. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, yeah, the Ravens, by virtue of just who they play, like they got Tampa Bay when they were down. I thought Tampa Bay would be better this year. So, yeah, I think the Ravens, Ravens aren't as good as their 7-3 and three record indicates, I don't believe, but no. they, they've been um, the beneficiaries of just the, the way the opponents have fallen for them in terms of how good well, they are or lack thereof. And that one game they lost was to Miami. Yeah. And they should have won that game. So yeah. I like the AFC playoffs. You got the Chiefs. You got Buffalo. But then you got the Titans, which nobody would like to play. You got the Ravens. You got the Dolphins. Yep. If the Bengals can get in, you see what they did last year. What about the Chargers so, if they can get healthy? You no, know, Chargers are just... I feel like they're just going to waste away Justin Herbert for the next five, six years and maybe make the playoffs half that time and not do anything. It's just, they're always close. Can you explain to me what Brandon Staley is, his thought process is on things? Because he punts for, he punts on a fourth and inches uh, in the game Sunday night. I think it was in the fourth quarter. Uh, But yet he goes for it randomly on like fourth and two from his own 20 
some type. Yeah, like, where, I where did they punt it from? I, oh, I I don't know. I'd have to look. I can't remember. Yeah, like, it's, it's he's an aggressive guy, and I like that. But why would you be aggressive sometimes on Sometimes he's not. Like, you, you have Justin Herbert sneak him for crying out loud. Yeah. Like that, that, some of the calls just, are ridiculous. I say my favorite head coach is Mike McDaniel with the Dolphins. Yes. Yeah. He's he's my uh, Steelers maybe my favorite last year. Uh, I I love Mike McDaniel. He's went in there as an offensive guy, and that offense is much better. They got Tyreek Hill. They traded for guys. Just I like when guys go in and make an immediate impact. So I I like him a lot. I think the the play was it was. Fourth and one with five minutes to go in the third quarter from their own 34. It was the fourth and inches one. Or maybe. Yeah, right. Fourth and one at their own 34. They're up 2016. Yeah. If you went for it, be a gutsy call, but it is a yard and then. But he's done that in the past. Like, I just, I don't. Yeah. Like, to punt it on a fourth and inches is, is just kind of mind boggling to me. Yeah, you should, you should kind of go for that. Just, just go for it every time and see what happens. Well, if he's going to go for it on fourth and two or fourth and four or whatever, why wouldn't you go for it on fourth and inches? I mean, it's... there were there was a stat I saw last week. Drew asked me something. I looked it up about like if it's fourth and one. Yeah, it was, it was fourth and one or third and one. How often do they convert it? And do they run or they pass? Well, they run it more than they pass. And it's like, you know, 70%, 70-some percent, you'll make it, you know, third and one, fourth and one. Mm-hmm. It's like 65% if you pass it, 75% if you run it. Okay. My, um, my frustration, especially in college, is when they snap it from the shotgun on fourth and one. Yes. Or fourth and inch. Like, it just is the stupidest thing. I think you could ever do as a head coach. You just sneak it or go just go under center. I mean it's it's I, I don't get it. It's dumb. Go 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 going back to how football does not have to be this hard or complicated. Right. We're talking about taking a snap under center. Yes. Like it's impossible to do. It's like, oh they never do that. It's always out of the shotgun. It's like have they ever done it? Maybe you would like to try and do it once in a while just to get them familiar with it. This cannot be a very difficult thing to do. No. Like, why does this have to? Oh, we can't. We can't do that. We got to stand five yards back because we need to pick up uh, half a foot, but we got to stand five yards back. It's like, this doesn't make any sense. No. Uh, this week, uh, week 12, not a good slate for the NFL. Uh, Thanksgiving should be really good. Because I like Thanksgiving, yes. five out of the six teams have winning records. Um, the the Lions have won three in a row. The Lions are the only team that aren't above 500, but they've won three in a row. So that game against the Bills is suddenly far more attractive. Uh, the Cowboys, I bet they, they demolished the Giants, especially given that the Giants just lost to the Lions last week. Do you know the point spread in that one? Uh, Dallas is favored by nine. Yeah, that is huge. That is... And, then, and the Giants, another team that's fool's gold. Yeah, and then we'll see about the what the Vikings can do. The, this is a, a show me something game, Minnesota. Show me, show me something that you're actually you know somewhat decent and can rebound off of a bad loss because Bill Belichick's coming to town and we know what he can do on a short week or against any team. So let let's see what uh, let's see what he's got 
for you. Um, and I would say best game of the week is Bengals and Titans. Yes, and that's easily the best game on Sunday. Um, and the Vikings won't play on Sunday, so we'll see what we get for uh, regional teams here. Maybe uh, Bears Jets. That's exciting as a goddamn wet fart. So, <laughs> well, let's see. Um, well, again, the Packers right. play Sunday night. So, if I I'm, say we're getting Bears Jets on Fox, you could get Broncos Panthers on Fox, uh, stretching out to um, Oof. out to out to the South Dakota market. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say you get Broncos Panthers in Sioux Falls, and, uh, and of course you get Rams Chiefs in late afternoon window there. Uh, let's see. What... Uh, I, I hope we get uh, Bengals Titans. I hope everybody gets Rams Chiefs. So I would say um... I'd say yeah. You get you're gonna get. Uh, Bengals, Titans. I mean, Baltimore. Because there's only what if I'm looking at this right here. There's only three. Yeah, there's three games on CBS in the early slot. Yeah, you're you're for sure getting Bengals, Titans because Texans, Dolphins. There, no one's gonna get that except for Houston and then in in South Beach. You know, South. That'll be nice. That'll be nice. And then Baltimore, Jacksonville. The, 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 the Jacksonville area is gonna get it, and then. Bear, uh, Maryland, D.C., like that. It, no, you're getting Bengals, Titans for sure on CBS. So, regardless of. A couple what, weeks ago, we got Bills, Jets for some reason. No, well, I have no idea why. Uh, what was but, that? Um, Two weeks ago, let's see. No, yeah, let's go. There was like, a, there was some regional team. It's like, why didn't we get. It was like the Bears or somebody. You could have gotten Bears, Dolphins. That would have I been. Thought, I thought that would have been a whole lot, but I thought we would have maybe gotten that one. Well, that was a good game. I feel like so. South Dakota is just far enough west where Chicago isn't quite in their, like, normal region. Like, it's it's for sure Iowa, um, but then you get South Dakota, it's a little further west, so it's not quite in the Chicago jurisdiction. That would be my guess. But Bills, Jets, I mean, Christ, that's... Well, there's... One of the games of the week. I don't know. So that's it. Uh, good, like I say, good slate on on uh, Thanksgiving, and then so come on, Vikings. This is a show me something week. Uh, you could silence some doubters by coming back and winning a game. Uh, just to be like, yeah, hey, good response. You lose, and it's uh, ooh, all hands are all hands on deck because that that would not be. Fun and you could just see the, the the trains just rolling away. It it, it could get the, the snowball. It's a snowball effect. It, the season could get away from you in a hurry, if that's the case. Um, college football again. We weren't expecting a great slate of games uh, last week. You know the SEC was playing cupcakes for the most part, though. Hallelujah to Vanderbilt University for beating Florida at home for the first time since 1988. Guess what, Crins? Vanderbilt is still bowl eligible, and they have a, a I'd say, actually a pretty decent shot to get to bowl, uh, getting that bowl eligibility win this week against Tennessee. Why? Because Tennessee loses to South Carolina because they couldn't stop Spencer Rattler for anything. And they lose Hendon Hooker for the year with a torn ACL, which sucks to beat hell. 
But where is Tennessee going to be at emotionally and ready for this game? I don't know. It's in Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's playing with a lot of momentum right now. But that was the biggest, uh, I think, story of the weekend between TCU beating Baylor on that last second field goal, uh, USC beating UCLA, and Caleb Williams looking as good as he is. But uh, Tennessee just getting the doors blown off by South Carolina. You don't expect these things, but when they happen, it's like, wow, uh, that was certainly the most surprising. The Cox, they took advantage of a hurt hooker. Yes, they <laughs> Oh, I like that. That's a good one. I, did you make that up yourself, or did you steal that from someone? They stole it from Dan Lebertarch. Oh, uh, go, go figure Dan would uh, go. Go figure Dan would do that. Um, it was right. It was right there. So I yes. thought, yeah, that was a great uh, play on the words. Yes. But yeah, Tennessee, the most disappointing team of the week. They had the playoff right there. Yes. South Carolina and yep. Vanderbilt. It's all you had to do, and you were probably going to be a four seed. And what a day with a big loser. Big loser. Yep. Um, UCF inexplicably loses at home to Navy. So the uh, the 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 power the non power five, you know, the group of six winner or whatever, that's still up for uh, up in the air in terms of who's going to get that. It could, it could be Cincinnati. Maybe it's Tulane. Tulane. I hope, I hope it's Tulane. I, I hope it is too. Tulane plays at Cincinnati this week. Uh, so that's um, something to, to watch for there. But that's uh, that's a possibility. I mean, hell, could it be Liberty? I mean, Liberty just lost to, to Virginia yeah. Tech, so probably not Liberty. But Maybe Coastal Carolina. They need Cincinnati to beat Tulane and knock Tulane out. Yep. And then they need Central Florida to maybe knock off Cincinnati. And then maybe Coastal Carolina gets it. And they would be doing it without their starting quarterback, so that would... Ron Dale Moore, a good negative five-yard carry on, on the first uh, carry of the game for my in a goddamn monsoon in Mexico uh, for my fantasy team. So, oh. <laughs> uh, Let's see. What else happened here? With, with the quarterback that started a national title game 13 years ago playing for the Cardinals. Yes, so. yes, Colt McCoy. Yep. Got it. Yeah. Love to see it. Well, he's actually not that bad of a backup quarterback. Really isn't. No, I picked up Rondale Moore because he had like nine catches for 100 yards last week. So yeah. I'm like, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's target him maybe 20 times tonight. I was really hoping Wisconsin would have bowl eligibility on the line this week, uh, but they came back to beat Nebraska 15-14. Indiana beats Michigan State. Uh, so Charlie's going to join me for or the final bowl, edition of Bowl Bounder, not for the year. I believe at my last count, we have 15 teams who are fighting for bowl eligibility, and there are five spots remaining. So uh, there might there might be some five and there might be a five and seven team that makes. I yes, I certainly uh, can believe that. Um, so yeah, Tennessee. Did, did you see what the Indiana quarterback did? I did not. What did he do? He went two for seven. Oh. For 33 yards. They completed one pass in regulation, and then they decided to complete another one in overtime. This isn't Army. This is Indiana. And they still put up 39 points. Well, Michigan State had like a 25-yard field goal to win it at the end of regulation and got blocked. I mean, 
That two two of seven or two of nine for thirty three yards. You win the game. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, pretty pretty alarming. It was, stuff it was a right weekend there. of our teams looking ahead. A weekend of good teams almost losing to not very good teams. It was twenty four to seven at half, Michigan State, and they must have failed to show up out of uh, you get a kickoff return for a touchdown that in the third quarter but yeah what i mean it was it, they were up 31 14 in the third quarter i don't but that's a bad loss for sparty bad bad loss um yeah i if i'm looking at this slate here and charlie and i will be picking all these games here uh involving five and six teams there's for sure a bowl eligible. One team is going to get bowl eligibility here on Tuesday night between Ball State and Miami of Ohio in the map. But those teams are five and six. But I'm looking at some of these other five and six squads here, like Missouri. I think Arkansas beats Missouri, but I mean that's a potential one there. Um, Georgia Tech isn't going to be Georgia. That that's nowhere near uh, going to happen. Uh, Buffalo could certainly get a win against Kent State, but Auburn's not beating Alabama. We know that. Um, UTEP's not beating UTSA, I don't think. Michigan State's not going to beat Penn State. So, I mean, you're going to see a lot of uh, Power 5 teams. And this, and then there's Vanderbilt. Can Vanderbilt get in? Uh, that would be... To get Vanderbilt, Kansas, and UConn in bowl season all in the same year would be absolutely stupendous. That would be that have to be a first proper. Oh, I would think so. I would think so. Kansas play Vanderbilt. Oh, oh, Kansas against Vanderbilt. That would be great. I, I, I'd take Kansas, unfortunately, but probably, probably ain't gonna happen. Probably can't happen, but. That'd be great. Sure would. Sure would. Uh, so week 13 here. Uh, I want to give you credit, though. Your Maryland team put up a hell of a fight. Thank you. I called that at the beginning of the season, said they might not win, but that's the game that I would be fearful of if I were Ohio State. And that was uh, very close. So good for uh, good for Maryland. Um, Notre Dame had some snow, so that was a good snow game. Did you see that snow game between Western Michigan and Central Michigan? Uh, yes. That was great. Just great. Game of the day, though, you, my USC squad pulling it out. Yes. Versus UCLA. Points galore. The game is what we thought it would be. So I thought UCLA was going to win there at the end after they came up with that stop. Um, uh-huh. And I, a bad I decision stop. by Dorian Thompson. Robinson. DTR. Very excited. So... I think uh, we know what your game of the week's going to be. It's really, oh, the, it's really the only obvious. It, there's only one choice, really. Uh, yeah, Michigan, Ohio State. Yep. Um. I, I hope Michigan can keep it competitive. Um. I'm gonna throw you. Uh, I like two. I like two other games as well. I like USC and Notre Dame. Okay. And I also like Oregon and Oregon State. Okay. Oregon State better eight and three. Amazing. Yes. 
And uh, Oregon needs to win that to go to the Pac-12 title game. Mm-hmm. So if they don't, then I don't know what happens. You would have Utah, Washington, and Oregon all at 7-2, and two, potentially. And uh, Oregon beat Utah. Uh, Washington beat Oregon. So it's, I don't know how that would figure out, but... So I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that game. I really yeah, wish so Oregon I, State would have beat USC earlier this season. They had them on the rope. They almost beat them. So if you're USC, I don't know, do you, you want to see Utah again? Do you want to be able to beat the team that beat you? That would probably be most beneficial. Them or it could beat Oregon if it could beat a 10-2 Oregon team. Uh, so I think you want to play Oregon and Utah for... I would only want to play Oregon if Bo Nix is healthy. And if, if USC can win these last three games, that would really bolster their resume. Yes. The Notre Dame win is going to look way better than we thought a month ago. Yep. They can beat Oregon or Utah. That'd be a good win. And beating UCLA was a very good win. Mm-hmm. Well, if they win, if they win this conference, they're, they're in. There's a lot of teams. I mean, there's... A lot of teams have fallen off last couple weeks. Yep. USC, they're fifth in the AP We'll see. Maybe they're number five this week in the real one. But they, they're going to be there. You know, if Michigan loses, then we're looking at uh, USC to take that spot. And TCU, may I say? Yes. TCU in that field goal at the end of that game. The nuts. The nuts on Sonny Dykes to... Because I'm watching that, and they got like 20, what, 24 seconds left or so. Yep. And they run the ball on third down with no timeout. What in the hell are you doing? Well, like, I'm wondering. Like, they I'm, knew exactly what they were doing. Yes, yeah. I was just going to say, like, they knew they probably had to get four or five yards to get into the precise field goal range. Like, where they needed to go. That was the Baylor's thinking pass. TCU says, okay, we're going to get them in running. And they, they practice this uh, scenario every Thursday. Yeah, I mean, it looked like it. Again, another thing, of football doesn't have to be this hard. They go out there, I'm thinking, how are they going to do this? It took them 11 seconds. Mm-hmm. It took them 11 seconds. They had, like, eight seconds to go. They had plenty of time. And that kicker, they yeah. On that field, they nailed that field goal. Yep. And that was A-plus excellent. Yes. That is how you fucking do it. You waste so much time in practice for months and weeks and hours a day. That is what the hell you're practicing for. Yes. That right there. Yes. A hundred and ten percent agree. And they're going to be. You, who's not the coach of the year? I don't know who the hell is. They're going to beat Iowa State this week. Um, and then it sets I, up. I hope like hell they make it. I, I don't too. think they are. You don't? Oh, if they're undefeated. They, they've been fucking playing with, they're, they're the Vikings of this deal. They've been playing with fucking fire for a long time. Yes, they have. Behind um, victory there. Oof. They, you know, Kansas State, maybe they got to play Kansas State. Unless Kansas um, can beat Kansas State this week, um, which... I doubt they can. We're looking at an all-purple showdown in uh, in Jerry World. And let's see what TCU did to Kansas State earlier this year. 
They beat him by 10. If not, I guess uh, can't, uh, Texas would probably uh, go instead. Yeah, yes. They, they beat Kansas State, and they both have three losses. So yes. I would much rather play, I guess, Kansas State than Texas if I'm TCU. And it just seems so unlikely to be so weird to have TCU in the playoff. And... It'd be, you know, they're kind of that Cincinnati this year, even though they're in the Big 12, they're not Oklahoma. Yep. So they're going to get shit on because they're uh, TCU. Yep. So I hope they get it. I hope they get in a... Well... They got some, I mean, Georgia or Ohio State's probably not going to be pretty. Yep. But we, um, we've had plenty of semifinals that have not been very... Very close or entertaining. Well, unfortunately, all the drama is kind of going to be sucked out now here thanks to Tennessee's oh, loss. No, 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 no. I, here's, here's my. Okay. Okay, well, what, what are your four teams? Well. What, what do you think? Georgia and Ohio State, one and two. Yep. T- uh, how does this, how does this, how does this. Uh... Well, TCU, if TCU goes undefeated, they're in. Do you think that's going to happen? I think, uh, I, well, they're beating out Iowa State this week. So then it all comes down to the Big 12 championship game against Kansas State. I will say, yes, TCU wins. And that last spot, I'd say we have three teams for that last spot. Well, USC. There's a, team, there's a team that I am looking at, Zach. Okay. I'm not saying they're making it, but if certain things go their way, I think it is not ridiculous to think that Clemson's yep. going to be that number one. Yep, I was just, that was the... I think what hurts... You know, DC, if TCU loses, USC loses, and LSU loses, Clemson's going to get it. Yes, but yes, but that that's a lot of what-ifs. I think what hurts... I think, I think LSU's going to lose to Georgia. Yep. I think USC is going to lose one of these last two. Okay. I, I, I hope not, but I think they are. And that's it. I think what hurts Clemson is the fact that UNC inexplicably blew a 17 nothing lead at home to Georgia Tech and lost. So now their win, their, their presumptuous win over UNC in the ACC championship game won't carry as much weight. With the with said committee, which I think gives maybe a team like TCU a little more breathing room. Um, it gives maybe USC. Clemson and Michigan. Yeah, I see. I think if Michigan loses by one score or less against Ohio State, and then Ohio State goes on and you know blows Purdue out of the water in the Big Ten championship game, I think. And, and, and let's say USC wins the Pac-12. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that USC jumps Michigan for well. I think they're right gonna now. they're gonna oh they they won the Pac-12. Yeah. You know, conference. Yep. Yeah, okay. So I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say it's gonna be uh, George. <laughs> I think it's Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, and USC. That's what I hope it is. Get some new teams in there. That'd well, I mean, great. look at Ole Miss just shit in the bed against Arkansas. Like, the SEC this year has just royally pooped themselves. 
I, that's all Tennessee had to do was beat South Carolina and Vanderbilt, and they were in. You're never going to get an easier road. No, no. Their final three games were Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. Show me anyone who's got an easier three-game stretch. I hope the playoff who said happened. I'd love to see USC's offense versus Georgia's defense. Yes. I would love to see that. Georgia, Ohio State. Um, If things get really nuts, Georgia, Ohio State. And Clemson gets in there. And Michigan's your four seed. Ooh. Oh, I mean, and then if LSU somehow wins, if yep. LSU can somehow beat Georgia, yep. then I think LSU is you know, LSU and USC. If it comes down to those two, what do you what do you do there? If it comes down to I'd give it to LSU, LSU and Michigan. I would give it to LSU. They'd have a better win. They'd have a win over the number one ranked team in the country. I hope something happens to where this is an actual debate. Because I think if that were to happen, if that happens, and Ohio State wins and TCU wins, let's say that, I think you move Ohio State's one, TCU's two, Georgia would slide to three. And then it's a debate between LSU, USC, or Michigan. And I give it to LSU because you have that better win than any than either USC or Michigan. They got the two losses. Uh, Clemson didn't beat anybody this year because they didn't play anybody. Right. But the one loss to Notre Dame, again, looks looks decent. So if Notre Dame can beat USC, that would be a great great loss well, for and Clemson. If, if Notre Dame beats USC, though, then we aren't talking about USC. I mean, that takes one team out no, of the no, equation. No. Could Notre Dame get into a bowl game here? They, they're no. Mm-hmm. No. Even if they beat uh, no USC, maybe well, get up to ten. They could maybe get into the, they could get to yeah, the, they get into a New Year's Six here, yeah. Yes, yeah, they could get to the Cotton Bowl, maybe the maybe the Orange Bowl. Yeah, one of those teams. So, and I think we're going to see Alabama and Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Boy, which team is going to want to play harder in that one? That's. I think maybe because it is those two teams, and there is there's a history there. I think yeah. they are going to going to try and be like, all right, let's let's play again because we play pretty much every year. Um but oh yeah, I like Oregon, Oregon State. Yeah, the Civil War. So that decides uh Oregon a three point favorite, so that decides Pac twelve. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, USC and Notre Dame. So this is good. I like that there's three games I like and they're all in different Windows, so I like that. Uh, Eleven o'clock, two thirty, six, six thirty. Uh, the FCS playoffs begin. The selection show was on Sunday. SDSU. I, people seemed a little surprised that SDSU was the one seed and not Sacramento State. I'm not because SDSU has a better resume than Sacramento State. Yes, Sacramento State carries an FBS win against lowly Colorado State. Who the hell did they beat? Well, and I would. Is the they big didn't play, they didn't play Montana State, right? Uh, no. Let's let me see here. I don't believe they did. I was well, and if that if that's the case, that yeah, because Montana State's a three seed, so or four seed. 
No, yeah, a four seed, yes. Um, SDSU has at least two better wins than Sacramento State's best. I would I would say that their road stretch that they had to go to uh, North Dakota State, to North Dakota, and to Northern Iowa is more difficult than anything Sacramento State had to do. Yeah, Sacramento State didn't. They beat Weber State. That's their best win. And that was a three-point win. I have no idea how Montana got in the playoffs. And they got a home game. Against North Dakota, right? They had they didn't have a bad loss, but again they didn't they didn't beat anybody. They lost to the Montana lost to the four best teams they played all year. So yeah, unfortunate there. Uh, Coach Eck, congratulations to him for getting Idaho into the playoffs for the for first time in a very long time and the first year as head coach. So Idaho is a program, as we like to say, on the come. Yeah. Uh, Florida A&M didn't make it 9-2, and two, and that's fine because they're here. Yeah, good for Idaho. First time in, what, like almost 30 years, I guess, they've made it. Yeah. An instant turnaround. That is good. And his son, who is pretty good at Brookings, mainly a linebacker, he's going to go to Idaho. There we go. Um, so that's that. But I mean, North Dakota State gets the three seed. SDSU gets the one seed. Some team or some people are wondering if it's based on pedigree. I th- just look at SDSU's schedule. It's very easy to see why they're the one seed, and you put NDSU on the opposite side of the bracket. Hopefully, hopefully Sacramento State can whoop them. Um, I but I want I want I know you do. I know you. I do. want them in the title game stack, and I want. I know you do. I want North. I want that goddamn stadium packed to the gills. Yep. In green and gold, and I want them to make the long drive. Yes. Back up to Fargo. Yep. Uh, have, they, have they ever lost the title game? Um, I don't believe so, no. Been a year where they haven't made it, but I think they win it. Maybe there was one. But yeah, I know you've got probably going to play Delaware in the second round. Uh, you've got no Holy Cross right there. Yeah, I mean, these are all teams they've played before recently. Yep. And you're know, going to play Montana State in the semis, likely. And, you know, Sacramento State, you've played them before. I don't think North Dakota State's going to get there, though. So. And, I, I would love Incarnate Word could be interesting. Say that again? A bigger opportunity. Yeah. You know, they played James Madison last spring, and they lose the title game. I mean, I oh, I don't get excited for anything much SDSU. I wouldn't get excited for that. Yeah. Yep. I would be excited for that. A team that the Jackrabbits have frankly owned for the last three years have not lost two of them. Yep. And for them to meet for the whole thing, that that is the storybook ending to the elusive national title. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, that, you know, Stinglemeyer, I think he just signed an extension, but if I'm in, I'm saying... I'm in my mid-60s. I'm done coaching football because nothing will ever beat this. There's no reason for me to continue this. 
I am 65 years old. I'll be 66 next season. Mm-hmm. Goodbye, and thank you very much. I want my last game to be a national title win over North Dakota State. Oh, there would be a statue made in his honor, <laughs> like, in the next week, if that were if that were to happen. But FCS playoffs, we'll keep monitoring that, but the Jackrabbits have a bye this week. That's good. Two weeks to heal up, and, I, you know, get ready for this stretch run, but it, you know, fairly easy road. Montana State could be a little dicey, but I think they'll, um, they should come out, they should emerge victorious here and get to Frisco, and it's just a matter of who they're going to play, North Dakota State or Sacramento State. I don't, I mean, maybe Incarnate Word gets in there, but I doubt it. Um, I mean, upsets just don't happen in the right. You know, your top seeds usually make it. Yep. And Tucker Kraft announcing he's going to draft. Is he playing in the playoffs, though? Yes. Good. Good. So he's going to be a junior, and you know, maybe is he going to be a first, second-round pick? We'll see. I, I would believe, I think so. He's he's really good. He's will be another tight end. So. Yep. Uh, also, I, I, I hate the rule that if you're transitioning from one division to another, you're not eligible for playoffs or bowl games. St. Thomas went ten and one; they can't make the playoff. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I get after one year, but like, let's after one year, let's let him. James be. Madison won't be allowed to make a bowl game. Yep. Uh, in North Dakota State in 2007 was the number one team in the country. I guess DSU beat them. And they didn't make the playoff because they couldn't. And, you know, Jackson State, I would, again, they don't play anybody. And I would love to see them play play some of these teams up north. Yep. But they got their own thing going on. So. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. So we'll keep monitoring that. Uh, your upset of the week. Let's just wrap up the, the games here. What's your upset of the week? I'm going to go... Oregon State over Oregon. Okay. And your watch your ass game of the week. Can I give you can I give you the one? Tennessee against Vanderbilt. Watch your ass, Tennessee. Where's it at? Vandy. Alright. Backup quarterback. Don't know who the hell he is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, watch your ass, uh, Tennessee. Watch your ass, Tennessee. Mm, yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. Just say oh, so it. I, I, USC. Get get that deal done, please. Yes. Oh, I'll put that them as well. And also LSU. Please destroy Texas A&M. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They struggled with UMass. Do you see pictures of the stadium at halftime? There was no one there. Nope. Are they the worst? They, they're the worst. They're a Power Five team, but as far as what they were expected to do, oh now, yes, yep. Four and eight if they lose. Yeah. Oh, good. Rondell Moore's out with the groin, so I'll I'll take his negative point six points he got me tonight. Oh. Limp away with a. Uh, <laughs> I used all my magic there to beat you a couple weeks ago. 
you, you, better, you better hope that that's what it comes down to here uh, with three weeks to go in the regular season. Um, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming here. So, All right. Uh, college basketball. Women. Let's just start with the women here. South Carolina with a big win against Stanford on Sunday in overtime. South Carolina looks really good. But more importantly, as it relates to our school, South Dakota State, the Jackrabbit women lose to UCLA uh, in the first round of the, uh, the Bad Boy Motor uh, Battle for Atlantis Royale. Uh, I had just added the Royale, but it's the Bad Boy Motors uh, Battle for Atlantis. Uh, they come back, they beat Rutgers, and then Monday night they beat number 10 ranked Louisville by 10. That is a significant win. Significant. We'll see where Louisville ends up with that. Might be the best team they've ever beat. They beat Syracuse. They beat Syracuse in the tournament a couple of years ago. That was a good win. Yep. They were ranked 12. They beat Penn State in 2013. They were ranked 12. And uh, Louisville was number six last week. They're number ten this week. I'm sure they'll fall again. Mm-hmm. But Louisville is a team that's been in the top five plenty. So, yeah, they went on a 16-2 run at the end of the first half. Uh, Maya Sillen had a monster game, and she had 24-11. and 11. Mm-hmm. And four or five assists, too. So, so yeah, that, that's a big-time win. I like that. That's a huge – that's going to be like a top 10, top 20 win for them. So, yeah, that's a big one. You know, you lose to Creighton. You lose to UCLA. You don't have a bad loss on the schedule, so – You've got Kansas State here in a couple weeks. They're 25th this week. So, yeah, you get a couple more of these wins and then steamroll through the conference and go go to the tournament like a 25-game winning streak. Yeah, if you can – I would say that, you know, the goal – the goal would be to host one of these things one year. Yes. To be what a top four seed and to – Host this. Well, by host, they would ha- they would be playing it in Sioux Falls, right? They wouldn't put it in. Um, I would hope so. Yeah, you, they wouldn't put it at Frost Arena, suit. would they? Yeah, uh, for, for yeah for capacity purposes, and I mean you would you would sell it out. You would put yes. 12,000 people in that gym. Mm-hmm. That would be. Yeah, there would be no other atmosphere like that in the entire country. No. Men or women during that week to put twelve thousand people in Sioux Falls, and they would sell it out, no doubt. To have them, Christ, they get six thousand people for WNIT games that nobody cares about, right? And they would double that to play in the NCAA tournament. Absolutely. Women have a game at Washington State a week from Monday here, so on the 28th, so that's an interesting game. You mentioned that Kansas State game that's coming up December 10th, and then uh, South Carolina on ESPN2 at the at the uh, Pentagon on December 15th. So there's a, there's a good, it'd be in between, in the next month, we got a lot of good games. Um... And that's their last non-conference game. That's that's significant. Yeah, I would like to go to that. That should be great. 
the men on the, the men's college basketball here, Michigan State, the team of the week with big wins against Gonzaga on the ship. No, Gonzaga beat them, right? Yeah. Yes. Then Gonzaga loses to Texas and then beats Kentucky, so go figure this one out. But Michigan State with a great come-from-behind win to beat Kentucky on... Right? Did did I forget? No. Yes. Yeah, because Kansas beat Duke. Yes. Yep. Um, I was just thinking back to the... To the... um, To the... The, the the champions classic or whatever Tuesday night very good game that that double overtime game was fantastic between Michigan State and Kentucky I think Kentucky's going to be really good and Oscar Sheebway was coming back from injury so he's you know just let him get a little healthy here and he'll be just fine but I really like Kentucky um, that was a, a very good win though for Michigan State. There, uh, Kansas with the win over Duke. They came back from behind there, so Kansas looks good. I don't think Duke's going to be. Duke will be fine, but they're not. They're not going to be the Duke of old. Um, let's see anything else. Uh, the Jackrabbits lose at home to Stephen F. Austin. That's not good. This team is uh, searching. I think to trying to figure out exactly what they are, who they are. Uh, maybe things will work out just fine uh, come conference play and conference tournament time, but I think if they win it, you're looking at a 14 seed. Yeah, there are going to be some losses here early on. I was like, yeah, well, like they'll be fine. You just think of what this team could have been you know, with Baylor Shireman. Yes. I think uh, Noah Frydale probably still would have been on the team. But yeah, I mean, those... You lose the best player in the conference, you lose Noel Friedel, who probably would have been all-conference. Yeah, I mean, they, they would have been really good. But they usually figure it out, and we'll see. You got Zeke Mayo. He's He's got to be the guy. Yes. He's only a sophomore, so. Young team, they lost a lot. But, you know, I think they'll, they'll figure it out. And speaking of Baylor Shireman, Creighton, my Creighton squad, 5-0 right now. They're top 10 in the country. They beat Texas Tech in the Maui Invitational uh, uh, tonight, or on, on Monday night here, so they're in Maui right now. This, this, I mean, you got Arkansas in there. Louisville sucks. Louisville is a terrible team. I can't, are they, they could, I'd love to see Louisville play Minnesota to see which is the worst Power 5 team in college basketball. Like, they're, they're bad. Louisville has a lot of losses, but like one point. <coughs> like terrible losses. They're close. Yeah, they're bad. Um, I want to watch more college basketball this year than I've ever watched. I've watched four games in the last 24 hours. Nice. Start to finish. Um, no. Five games in the last 24 hours. Um, something they do in wrestling, they have star ratings in wrestling. Where, like, you have a wrestling match, yep, professional wrestling match, yep. And like the critics and journalists of professional wrestling grade it on a one to five scale. You know, five stars being the best, one of the greatest matches ever. Yep. You know, two two stars being like average, three stars maybe being you know, slightly better than average. 
So I've always wanted to do that with sports. Like the Vikings Bills game would be that'd be like a five star game. Yes. Uh, you know, Rams Chiefs years ago, five star game. Yes. Um, you know. Uh, Vikings Cowboys would be a zero star game. It would be a dud. Yes. Um so I watched three games yesterday. It was Baylor and UCLA. Okay. Baylor won. That was a pretty competitive game throughout. I gave it three and a half stars. That was a pretty solid game, close throughout. Two top ten teams. Uh, I watched Gonzaga, Kentucky. I gave it only two stars. Gonzaga pretty much dominated that game. Blew them out for the most part. Kentucky just did not play well. And then uh, Houston played Oregon. That was a three-star game for me. I thought that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Houston, they're a Final Four team. You didn't and watch, a, you didn't they're, watch they're, Virginia beat Illinois? Yep, I did not see that with Virginia. They're five now, so that's a big jump up for them. A lot of orange, which I like. Yeah, that Vegas thing kind of went the opposite of what they have. Baylor played UCLA after losing to Illinois and Virginia. So, um, and then today I watched Creighton and Texas Tech. That's been my favorite game I've seen this year thus far. I would say three and a half stars. First half was tremendous. And then Creighton pulled away in the second half, won by about 10. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, that first half was excellent, I thought. Texas Tech and their defense and their turnovers and Creighton's offense. Yeah, Creighton, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're exciting. So All five starters in double figures for Creighton. Baylor Shireman with a double-double, 11 points, 12 rebounds. You want to watch a good game? Tuesday night, Creighton, Arkansas. Top 10 matchup, 8 yeah. p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. That is arguably your game of the week. Arkansas, I take Arkansas. Who do they play? Uh, they beat, they played Louisville. Yeah, Louisville. I, I take that game. I just want to say, I, I want to see Arkansas play. But yeah, Creighton and Arkansas. That's, we've gotten a lot of, these, 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 are, these are like elite eight type games. Yes. Like yep. Gonzaga, Kentucky, Baylor, UCLA, you know, Creighton and Arkansas. So, yes, it's very good. Something I've never done before is, like, tape these games and just watch them back. Mm-hmm. Not knowing who won and skipping the commercials, and you can take a two-hour game and maybe get it down to closer to an hour. Mm-hmm. So that helps. Uh, one team I have not been impressed with is North Carolina. Yeah, they've, yep. They, I, I've watched three of their four games, and they have not played well in a single one. They beat Gardner-Webb by six. They struggled with James Madison Sunday. I didn't see their game against Charleston. Charleston looks like a good team. These are all like good mid-lower-level teams. Yep. But they were down to Charleston 50-43 to and a half. But then Carolina scored 59 in the second half because they can do that. And they struggled with Wilmington in the season opener last week, so... Yeah, North Carolina not not blowing my socks off right now. Like they they weren't they weren't that good last year. What were they an eight seed? Yeah, and like they beat Duke twice and they made a great run and everybody's back. 
But like they weren't very good for most of the year. That's why they were an eight seed. So, yeah, good thing they've got this preseason schedule to get through here. They've got, I mean, the the big thing is this Phil Knight deal. Yes, yes. Like, the, like you know, the, the Maui and you know, Creighton, Arkansas is good. Outside of that, there's not much there. And the battle for Atlantis, usually pretty good. There's nothing there. There's like Kansas, and there's Tennessee, and it's like that. There's Butler. There's not, it's just not very good. Because I think all the teams are in this Phil Knight thing. Because you've got North Carolina. They're probably going to take on Michigan State in the final. You've got Michigan State and Alabama in the first round of one of these tournaments. So, I love that yeah, North Carolina, like that Portland and Portland State are in there. Like North Carolina takes on Portland on Thanksgiving. Thank God. Thank God for that. Because that is just garbage. Well, the other one like might, it gives Portland and Portland State an opportunity to be on ESPN. Good for them. It's like, yeah, that's... They don't need to be there, but I guess whatever. And the other tournament should see... You could see Duke and Gonzaga in the final. So, that's where all the good teams are at. They're all in Portland. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Between... I mean, this is... Like, Thanksgiving week from Thursday to Sunday. That This is one of the most... This is one of the best sports weekends there are. there is. Yes. Because you've got all the college basketball tournaments. You've got NFL. You know, when, when Auburn, Alabama is good, that's really good. And Michigan, Ohio State's. We've got all those rivalries. So, this, I don't think it gets talked about much, but this is... Like... Maybe the best sports weekend, one of the top two or three. Mm. I mean, outside of the, the first weekend of the NCAA tournaments, number one. Yep. And outside of that, well, people like you know NFL playoffs and bowl games, but this this is up there. Yep, it is. So. Yeah, yeah, great yeah. weekend uh, for sports. Uh, by the way, Black Friday. Uh, you can get your shopping done early and then watch USA take on England in the World Cup. I assume you were uh, glued to your seat watching USA-Wales in the World Cup and and the opening match for both teams and uh, drawing to a 1-1 tie. Yeah, you would have to glue me to the seat and glue my eyes open to have (laughs) me watch this shit. My goal is to not watch a single second of any cross-country with the soccer ball coverage, so. Very good. No, I, I, like, I would like to ask, you know, the people that like soccer, like, what do you like about it? What, what I mean, you got all these stadiums and all these, you know, bars filled with people. Like, what is, what is exciting about it? What do I not, what are these other countries excited about? What, what am I missing? What... World Cup, best players in the world, this and that. What what do soccer fans like about soccer? That's a good question. I mean, there's what, there's a lot what, of athleticism, it? but it, it's just a lot of oh, like we think oh maybe there's a shot a chance for a shot here and a goal and that no, it doesn't happen. It doesn't get through traffic. It's my thing about soccer is like your thing with Seinfeld. 
Yeah. Like it's it's very popular. People love it, and I can't figure out why. What a great great analogy. Great analogy. Like Seinfeld, yeah. I can figure out why. I like that. You don't like it. Melissa's never seen an episode. But I like it. Yeah. But so, I'm sorry, I I could give a shit about my Christ. Soccer. <laughs> Crap. Fuck. Um, put that on, put put that uh, put that on my forehead. Soccer. Fuck. Right. Just <laughs> put it on your tombstone. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, a couple last things here to wrap up. Um, uh, the the hot stove. We're we're using the dr wood chipper, cutting wood. We're keeping it stoked. We're burning some stuff. We haven't we're not hearing much. Uh, do, do we keep it going here? or Can we shut it down for a little bit and then heat things back up after the holiday? Twins have been very active. Uh, twins made two trades the other day. Okay. They traded away their third baseman, Gio Urshela, to the Angels for a minor leaguer. Is that good or bad? Hey! I thought Urshela wasn't bad. Yeah, he was good. I liked him. One of their better players. Got him for uh, Josh Donaldson. So what the hell are they doing that for then? Um, They got Jose Miranda at third. So he'll be there. I think he'll be able to be an all-star. So he had a good rookie year. True, true. Okay. And Rochelle was making like going to make nine million dollars this year and be a free agent. So I think they're thinking, all right, we got Jose Miranda there at third, a better, cheaper option, so we can move him. And then they traded for Kyle Farmer from the Reds. From the from the Reds, who is a thirty-two-year-old shortstop, who's. Not a very good hitter. Not very good at all, really. He's going to make like five, six million. So I can understand that move. I don't know why. I guess he'll hopefully be like a utility guy. A. I think they're going to spend a lot of money on a shortstop, potentially. Do you think they keep Correa? I don't think so, but they're going to spend... Big money on somebody. Okay, good. I would spend my my money on Carlos Rodon, the pitcher from the Giants. They've tried with Josh Donaldson. They've tried with Carlos Correa. Neither one's really made much of a difference. Donaldson was pretty terrible. Correa was good, but it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. I would go after a pitcher for once, so that's what I would like to get. But they've got a lot of money to spend, and... This new regime, they're like in their fifth year now, and they've shown like they make big splashes every offseason, whether it's trades or free agency. Mm-hmm. So it's weird to get used to that. But I think they're going to give out another hundred plus million dollar contract of some sorts. Okay. So that'll be exciting. And they got new jerseys, which I think are terrible. Well, I will keep the uh, the hot stove burning then uh, for all of these other little minor trades. And have, have, have you seen these new jerseys? Uh, no, I have not. They've got one like a one says Twin Cities on the front, which is the best of the bunch, an alternate. Uh, but they do not look good. They changed their logo. Why? I don't know. From a distance, it looks like the Miami Marlins M. Ugh. It's an it's an M that has a star on top of it. It's I don't like it at all. I think they look pretty bad. 
So hopefully their old stuff goes on sale. Uh, but yeah, it's terrible. And the Dodgers basically released Cody Bellinger, who was the MVP three years ago. Hmm. And he has been awful the last two years. He has been horrendous. He's been like 183 the past two years. So, yeah, no, I don't know what going on, but. Yeah, yeah, you're right. These jerseys do not look good. Like they changed them and. Yeah, that M like looks exactly like, a, like Miami. From a distance, like, yes. this is bad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a huge disappointment to see that. I like the Twin Cities one, which is different. Blue. It, kind it of reminds a, me a of the Royals cream color. Those are different. Yeah. But other, I mean, they had, they've got some good options, but they, they have, oh, change into that M, that just, just bad. No, I Just agree. looks bad. Agreed. Like, like, people were paid to come up with that, and this is what they came up with. Yeah, not good. Not good. A uh, final thing for me, and then if you have anything um, you need to get to, we'll certainly will, but just want to touch on the, the tragedy that yeah. took place in Charlottesville last Sunday uh, involving um, three... That Maybe we talked about this last week, but there were three... We did, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, just... They they didn't have their uh the the, the three football players a, a former teammate yeah I remember talking about just they killed they them. canceled their football yeah. they canceled the Virginia Tech and them are not gonna play this week oh they aren't okay they're so. not and then they canceled the game against Coastal Carolina last week so yep their, their football season is done yeah, and their and their basketball team got a big those wins in Vegas so that, that's good for them uh they had a, a ceremony uh or a yeah, uh, the service on Saturday, and you know, the, the, there's the the, the player. I the one of like the running back or something is out of the hospital now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good, but just a tragic situation. We've seen this all unfold. Um, but yeah, three three football players taken away. Three three young men taken away way too soon. We had. Um, the, the situation at the University of Idaho that wasn't good. Where there's a, a gun incident involving, uh, I believe, a New Mexico State basketball player uh, being lured by a University of New Mexico student or another player. It's just bad. And then, of course, we have what transpired in Colorado Springs with the the five people dying at the LGBTQ. Um, you know, they're just essentially the gay nightclub. There in Colorado Springs, it's just what's the world coming to? It's just it's just terrible. It feels like it's hitting universities more and more now, and this Virginia situation is just entirely tragic. I'm beginning to think, stacking, that the problem's the guns. Hmm. 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 I think there's a common common theme. Yeah. Well, I think it's something. the guns that are the issue. I'd be honest. Because they seem to be the. Uh, the main problem with all the shootings, it's the guns that, that kill the people. So. Maybe on to something. But uh, it's certainly, again, our thoughts and, and prayers go out to the um, to the people there in in Charlottesville. It's just it's a sad situation all the way around. Uh, mm-hmm. What else do you have before we say so long? That's about it. A lot of sports. Melissa's liking the basketball. She's been Excellent. staying... Watch more basketball because we need to watch these games. So she's like that. 
and she says that with a straight face, and she says, "Yes, I agree with you, husband, uh, husband dear." Hey, nice. hey, she need and that way she'll, you know, maybe she'll want to fill out more than one bracket in the bracket yeah, I guess challenge. Yeah, we're going to fill out all brackets in March, and they can watch some of this stuff and say, "Oh, I remember." Good, we're going to go to some of the games this year after skipping it last year. So yeah, there we go. Well, we everybody, nobody went, so that's. No, you were. Oh, yeah, I went to the championship games now, but uh, there's that. We're gonna. We're, Two weeks from now, we're going to Baylor, Gonzaga, and Sioux Falls. Ooh, that'll be good. You know where it's going to be broadcast on? Uh, CBS? Peacock. Oh, wonderful. So no one will see it. <laughs> so, so nobody can see it. So there's that, and I want to go to that South Carolina SGSU game in a month. Um, so, yeah, some, some good basketball games there. And, um, yeah, a lot of basketball, so I like that. So, looking forward to it. So, Absolutely. Well, I hope you have a very happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy all of the great college basketball, football. Uh, hopefully we're talking the Vikings win next weekend. But just have a wonderful holiday. Uh, relax, and we will talk to you next week, my friend. All right. We'll see you later. Travis Crins joined me here. Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time as always. Again, happy Thanksgiving to him and Melissa and all, everyone out there. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you listening. Uh, you can find this podcast available on podcast.com. Follow me on iTunes, or follow me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter at Andy Stack and Facebook Nathan Stack and a link to the podcast, podcast.com and on iTunes. Just search the sports block. Uh, you can find that podcast. At the, um, we have we tweet a link to, what am I saying anyway? I'm ready for Thanksgiving. Link to the podcast post the middle to later part of each week can be found on podcast.com and on iTunes. Lots of stuff that we talked about with Travis uh, Lots of college basketball, college football, NFL, and yeah, well, hopefully the Vikings can rebound and get a win on Thanksgiving. But we're going to talk more college football next here. Charlie Hildebrand joining me for the last, and we were going to play bowl bound or not for the last time of this season already. Can't believe it's already reached that point, but we'll do that next with Charlie Hildebrand. That's coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com and on iTunes. We continue here on the Thanksgiving week edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Time to talk college football and play our last week of bowl bound or not for the season. And who better to do that with than our resident college football expert from the Northwest Iowa Review, Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, let me be among the first to wish you a happy Thanksgiving if no one else has done so yet. Uh, thank you. Nobody has done it yet. Uh, I would like to wish you a happy Thanksgiving, too. Thank you. I don't know if it's happened for you yet, either. Uh, no. No, it, it is not. So, uh, thank Look you. Look at both. us. Yeah. Taking away uh, Thanksgiving virginities this year, right now. <laughs> yes, we have. Yes, we have. Well, last week, again, it didn't look like a great slate. We had a bunch of SEC cupcakes. Um, for the most part, uh... And yet, we almost had utter and complete and total chaos regarding the college football playoff. TCU with an incredible execution unit on, and they beat Baylor, which is great. They keep their college football playoff hopes alive. Michigan flirted with disaster against Illinois, and Tennessee shipped the bed something fierce against South Carolina. And that's not even to mention what USC did to UCLA. It was just... We it's one of those weeks where you don't where you think something's going to happen even though you can't pinpoint where 
And we got a whole lot of stuff happen uh, on Saturday. Yeah, in, in ones you didn't mention, it's worth noting that the score makes it look not as bad. But Ohio State only led Maryland by three points with like 45 seconds. Right. And then got a field goal to make it six. And then they sacked Maryland twice and returned a fumble for a touchdown to win by 13 or whatever. But, but yeah, that was another one, too. I would like – I mean, I don't think anyone besides me and my, my father watched. But Wisconsin never led until the last 40 seconds and then beat Nebraska. Because, of course, Nebraska's going to give up a game when he drive to Wisconsin after beating for I was, the entire second half. I was so hoping that – you guys would be able to beat Wisconsin, and then the Gophers would have a chance to keep them from being becoming bowl eligible next week. I talked about that with Marcus earlier. Had the chance to do the uh, the Predator handshake with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers of Nebraska and Minnesota teaming up. And look, Minnesota might hold up there, and Nebraska certainly did not. Well, I mean, Minnesota should have beat Iowa. Uh, I can't blame Mo Ibrahim. Uh, because he had such an incredible day. I mean, what, 39 carries or whatever, almost 300 yards on the ground. But he did have a very costly fumble inside the 10 with the Gophers either going to score a field, uh, get, get a field goal or score a touchdown that would have iced the game away at that point. Yeah, normally when you get a running back that has almost that many rushing yards, has almost 300, you usually find a way to get more than 10 points, but... That's just the Big Ten West this year, I guess. Yeah, so Wisconsin uh, does get the win against Nebraska. Iowa gets the win over uh, Minnesota. Purdue, uh, they get a win over uh, who, who, uh, Northwestern. So even though that was a little dicier than what you what we may have thought. So I, I still think it's going to be Purdue coming out of the Big Ten West and then it's against either Michigan or Ohio State in the the best. Well, for game. Purdue to come out, I, I could be wrong. I think it just as long as they don't, as both Iowa and Purdue don't lose, then I don't know what happens if they both lose. But I think if Iowa and Purdue both win, Iowa goes because I think they have the same record in the conference, and oh. I believe Iowa beat Purdue early you're, in the season. Too. You're right. You are right. I forgot. So about while that. you're saying that you think Purdue goes, I hope you're right. Because that would mean Nebraska beats Iowa this weekend. Right. Or on Friday, which I would love to see. So I'm going to go ahead and take it from your uh, your mouth to my ears that, yes, Nebraska's going to beat Iowa on Friday. Yeah, why couldn't the Gophers have just done us a solid and everyone a solid and keep Iowa out of the Big Ten? You know what? Uh, Laporta's not playing this week for Iowa, so that helps your chances, I think. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. I would imagine it's basically going to go the same way as the Wisconsin game. That Nebraska's going to have a chance to win and it's just going to grab it down their legs at the end. Because that's who they've been for the last five years. I hope for your sake that's not the way it goes, but but we'll see. Um, like I said, last week we could have had total chaos with the college football playoff. We did not. Uh, and, and that TCU, the... the what they did at the end of the game there, I like the decision to run for it. You catch Baylor off guard a little bit, you get a few yards, and then you uh, have your field goal unit ready, and they run out and kick the game-winning field goal with no time left. Very rarely is that executed as well as what TCU did, but they did it to perfection. 
Yeah, this is probably only noteworthy to me, but a team in our coverage area, uh, Central Lion George Little Rock, uh, won both the state semifinal and the state title game the last two weeks of football. It wasn't at the end of the game, but at the end of the first half both weeks, they did the same thing. There Where they it would be second or third down, they'd take off to run, get tackled, inbounds, no timeouts left, with 25 seconds left, and were successfully able to sprint the field goal team out on and get a field goal as time expired and take a lead at halftime. And the only other real connection is that they also wear purple like TCU. But so, I mean, I, I agree that everything you said is accurate about TCU. For me, it was just like, oh, this is the third time I've seen this in a week now. So it was weird. That is weird. Yeah, because you don't see it all that often. And, and yet, there, there we go. I thought that was a big win for TCU, though, because they're going to beat Iowa State this week. And then it sets up. I think they're almost certainly going to beat Iowa State, but we should note it. You remember 2011, everyone thought Oklahoma State was going to beat Iowa State. And that loss kept Oklahoma State out of the the BCS title game and ultimately led to the college football playoff like three years later. Was that the Thursday night in Ames? That was, yeah. Yep. Um... I mean, I, I still think TCU wins, and it sets up a all-purple Big 12 championship game in all likelihood with Kansas State, uh, which should be a, a blast. I, no one saw this Big 12 championship game coming, though we'll, we'll make that pick, and we'll talk about that game next week. But, you know, we have that there. You know, it looked like we might get utter chaos regarding the college football playoff, and now... It doesn't seem like that's the case because there are pretty clear paths. I would say for USC, USC wins against Notre Dame and then they beat Oregon or whoever in the Pac-12 championship game. It seems to say that they're fairly, I feel, safe or fairly certain that USC is going to be in if they win their final two games. Completely agree. Um, It's not what necessarily I want to happen, but... uh, yeah, it, it seems that's going to be the way it is. I don't foresee LSU. The, the only way I think we wouldn't get that is if we have LSU beat Georgia and let's say TCU wins, then, and, and Ohio State or Michigan, whoever wins this week, if they win, then you'd have Georgia in as maybe like the three. You'd have Ohio State and TCU, let's say. And then would you put LSU or would you put a one-loss USC squad in there? That's where it could get dicey. But it, it feels like the the chaos or the the, the discussions, the arguments that, uh, that we could have about who should be in the college football playoff, those are, are going by the wayside now because of what South Carolina did to Tennessee. Yeah, it's, it's funny that, I mean, you mentioned chaos, and there was a lot of chaos this weekend, but a lot of times the chaos just eliminates options. Where So like you yeah. said, it just it becomes clearer that through chaos comes clarity, which is strange, but it's worked out that way a lot with a 14 playoff deal. And we were, I, I was hoping that we'd have at least seven likely candidates uh, for the college football playoff, and who knows, we still might. Depending on you know maybe we get more chaos this week or in in uh, you know championship week, but Tennessee just absolutely shitting the bed against South Carolina. Um, 
now just Spencer Rattler looking like 2020 Spencer Rattler. I mean, what South Carolina is the first team ever? They scored the most points ever by an unranked opponent against a top five team. I think ever is that. Does that sound accurate? Uh, I don't specifically remember hearing that, but I would not be surprised if that's right. I mean, I mean, an unranked team against a top five team. There's not many times you're getting more than like thirty or forty points. How does how does South Carolina score what ten points against Missouri at home a couple of weeks ago, and then puts up sixty three against the number five team in the country? It, that doesn't make any sense. Any it it defies logic. I you're I completely agree. You're preaching to the choir. It's just you know when you get you get twenty one year olds that are feeling pressure and you know your quarterbacks hurt. I guess that uh I mean I don't know how much that describes the defense, but yeah, it's uh it are one of the three or four most surprising things this season. I mean, you could look at Tennessee's last three games. You know, post you know the Georgia loss where they had to go uh, they were playing Missouri at home, at South Carolina, and at Vanderbilt as arguably like the easiest three-game stretch out of en- that any of the top five team, like any of the, the the contenders for a spot in the college football playoff would have. And for them to lose the way they did against South Carolina, and it didn't help that Hendon Hooker hurt himself, uh, now has a torn ACL, and he's obviously done for the year. But, I mean, defense, could you stop someone? Again, again this is the, the Spencer Rattler that we saw a couple years ago at Oklahoma, but where was this Spencer Rattler against Missouri a few weeks back and, you know, like, various other teams this year? Apparently. I, I, I just... This is why it's so frustrating sometimes in college football, college sports, or just sports in general... Because you see flashes of brilliance, of greatness, but they're they're never consistent. And then all of a sudden, they put a game like this together against a top five team in the nation. I, College I, football. Once you think you have the answers, that's when they change the question. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're like, wait, what? Well, like you said, though, two weeks ago, even though Tennessee had a loss and it was a division loss, <laughs> that was almost certainly going to keep them out of the conference title game. Yeah, I thought they had the easiest pass to get in. Yeah, and it was just, hey, we beat LSU, we beat Alabama, we're eleven and one, we're going to get in, and it's 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 quite surprising it's not worked out that way. Right. Like I thought we might have a uh, who was it UMass with Marcus Camby. Yeah. Like I thought we might have one of those situations where it's like, well, they deserve to get in, but their best players hurt. Should they still get in? I don't know. And obviously, we don't have to worry about that now, right? Uh, I, I, and I, yeah, I, I don't get it. It, it has left me scratching my head since the result happened. I mean, they did pull within four right away in the third quarter. It was thirty-five, thirty-one, and after that, nothing. I mean, just complete annihilation. Uh, the game of the day took place in the the Rose Bowl. USC, UCLA, great game back and forth. UCLA made a defensive stand late, so they had a chance to win it, and they were cruising in the fourth quarter offensively. But then Dorian Thompson-Robinson throws that interception, and it's just like, oh, 
UCLA could have done us a solid too by you know, like beating USC. Uh, but give Caleb Williams and company credit. They got the job done, and this USC offense is just rolling right now. Yeah, they looked really good on offense. And, I mean, if you like bold pre- – I mean, I don't know if this is actually that bold of a prediction. But if you like bold predictions, I think that that was a huge mark on the way to Caleb Williams winning the Heisman Trophy this year. I mean, I think he's the front runner. And unless they really crap their pants against Notre Dame – and whoever they would play in the conference title game, I think Williams is most likely to win the Heisman Trophy. You think? Which is he, weird because Lincoln Riley never has, has quarterbacks that win the Heisman. I know, I know. It's very rare, very rare indeed. Um, you would put him as the Heisman Trophy favorite over the likes of like a C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young's out with two losses since he won it last year with a better record. Sure. I think you can make a case for Stroud. And, if, and, and, like, I don't want to say he has no shot or anything, and it's a lot's going to depend on the next two weeks. But unless Stroud plays just lights out a win over Michigan and whoever, you know, Iowa or Purdue in the conference title game. Yep. Like, I think that can seal it for him, but I think if he plays, like, even good, but just not fantastic, and, you know, is like, oh, hey, completed 65% of my passes for 280 yards and two touchdowns and a win over Michigan. Like, that's good, but I don't know if that's enough that he's going to win the Heisman battle. Fair. That, yeah, that, that that's, I think, totally good. USC is just, as good as they've been this year, they've kind of flown under the radar a little bit to, to a degree, don't you think? They have, and in a lot of ways, I think that's good, is that he wasn't getting, I mean, we see this so often where people who are front runners or even leading the pack in September, end up not getting it because they get scrutinized so heavily early. Mm-hmm. Where even though he had a great year, they didn't really have, I mean, not that there was none, but it wasn't looked at the same way, you know, I, I, yep. but for a variety of reasons. And then the other big thing is you want to look good in big games at the end of the year. And ending the year with a win over ranked conference opponent UCLA, mm-hmm. you know, ranked heated non-conference rival Notre Dame and beating, you know, probable ranked Oregon team in the Pac-12 title game. I mean, I'm not saying that's like an all-time best, but like on paper, that's like, oh yeah, that's a really good finish to the season in big games that people are probably going to be watching at the end of the year. Too. Sure is. Sure is. Yep. You're, you're. I mean, maybe not the entire game if they're East Coast people and it's late at night. But at least the first half when they're playing well. Mm-hmm. No doubt. No doubt about it. A uh, couple of uh, notable results. Texas finally got the monkey off their back. They beat Kansas. Beat them soundly, 55-14. to 14. So, uh, what, that two, three-game win streak for Kansas against Texas is done now? Um, and then, again, I... I'm all about the Vanderbilt squad here and the Commodores. My Commodores beat Florida for the first time at home in Nashville since 1988. They beat them 31-20. a long time ago. I was alive, but I was pretty young in 88. I would have been a year old, not quite a year. Um, I was two. So, what? just kudos. Kudos to Vanderbilt. Um, I'm not saying that they're going to turn into a perennial contender in the SEC East and or the SEC in general. Uh, they're not going to become the best program in the conference. But 
what they have been able to accomplish, especially within the last couple of weeks, boy, I think that they have a, a foundation here that they can hopefully build upon, get some um, better recruits in, and um, I'm hopeful that this can make Vanderbilt a more consistent team winning, you know, roughly, you know, anywhere between six to eight games a year, potentially. Well, not to uh, step on the foot of something to happen in the future of uh, our little chat here, but they got to get into a bowl game first. Getting to five is nice compared to some recent seasons, but, you know, people don't get overly excited about five-win seasons. They've got to get to six now. Agreed, agreed. But considering and have to this, do it multiple times. Considering this team had lost 26 straight conference games and to win back-to-back and to do it you know to win against a team you hadn't won at home in 34 years that's that says something to me it's definitely a step in the right direction yep and Uh, also before the season started you were way closer to pegging florida correctly than i was (laughs) i thought florida would be fairly good and challenging the east and they did not I also, not to toot my own horn, but I did say at the beginning of the season that Maryland would give Ohio State a run for their money. Uh, that was the, the potential. They definitely did. So I don't remember if I agreed or disagreed, but but they certainly played pretty well. Indiana with a big win against Michigan State, and yet their their quarterback only completed two passes. So there we go. That's. Get overtime. Yeah. Double overtime. Double overtime. Yes. So, not good. Anything else from week 12 before we move on to rivalry week? Um, I think we touched on most of the things I was going to bring up. All right. Very good. So, this week, week 13, um, it is the, the, the big game of the year. Uh, Michigan... At Ohio State, Ohio State remembers what happened to to them last year in the Big House. Uh, what Ryan, uh, head coach Ryan Day, said that you know there's still some scars from last year regarding that. I don't know, you know, if he's just trying to, I don't know, get the Buckeye he fan base. Probably hire better trainers then. Yeah, probably. Uh, maybe get the Buckeye fan base a little more geared up and excited. Uh, I'm sure that the team does remember, but I, I, I feel like Ohio State is going to throttle Michigan. I don't think it's going to be all that close. What do you think? You think so? I, I do. I'm not sure that they'll throttle. I mean, I, it's possible. You could be right. I think, uh, when, I think this is going to be interesting, and it's going to play a big part of what the Big Ten is going to look like going forward. When I say if Ohio State yeah. throttles Michigan, I think we're just going to have more of the same for the next five years of Ohio State just running the show and like, yeah, they might still win conference title or you almost always winning the conference title and blowing out almost everyone. If Michigan can find a way to win, though, like I'm not saying that that means Ohio State's done, but the you know, eight straight years, we're always going to be in the top five and we're always easily going to win the conference. It's a huge upset if we don't. If Michigan wins again, it might be the end of that then. And, you know, now Michigan and Penn State, maybe, I don't know, someone from the West, if they get their stuff in your mouth, starts playing better. So in some ways, I mean, there's a lot more on the line than just this season. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's wishful thinking on my part that, before I say this, but... 
I think maybe Michigan might kind of have some DNA stuff that just works well against Ohio State. They took Harbaugh getting his brains beat in a few years. Yep. But that as Ohio State, as good as they are, that if, if Michigan can run the ball effectively and do what they did last year, I mean, that's a pretty good start. I mean, I, I guess I don't know if uh, – I remember what's his name? Blake Corum got hurt for Michigan. I don't know if he can play or not. If you can't play, then everything I said is completely out the window, and Ohio State wins by two scores. But yeah, maybe this is just me being contrary and wanting to sound smart in case it works out. But I think that Michigan goes into the Lions' den and walks out with a uh, with arguably the biggest win of the season Saturday. Okay, beats beats Ohio State closer than last year, where there was kind of like a weird. Like, oh, yeah, we just kind of won by two touchdowns or whatever it was. Three, maybe. But I, I think this one's going to be like that 2016 game that I think went to overtime, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. And Michigan fans complained about the spot all the time. Yep. I think it's going to be a game like that that's back and forth, but Michigan finds a way to win. So I think I think Ohio State wins by 17 points. Anywhere between 17 to 24. I think they win that way. Uh, but if Michigan, let's say they lose by three points even, I think that will go a long way. Or they, they will certainly become then um, a factor in the final spot for the college football playoff with the likes of, say, a USC. Uh, but what's going to come into play for Michigan, I think, is going to be their non-conference schedule. I mean, it was just terrible. UConn and Hawaii and... UConn, not as bad as we thought it would right. be, but still That's not true. good. Yep. I So that, I think, ultimately might keep them out. But if they have a very close loss to Ohio State, and then Ohio State winds up you know, winning the, the Big Ten Championship or whatever, Michigan, I think, still has a shot at, the, at a spot in the college football playoff. But uh, it... It's not going to be. I just don't see it. I think Ohio State. They are ready for this. They have been wanting Michigan since last year, and I think they they take care of business. In terms of your point of getting two teams in for the Big Ten, if you're just the Big Ten, and uh, you know at large, not those two teams, and if the only thing you care about is getting two teams in. I think you would root for Michigan to beat Ohio State because I think Ohio State has an easier job to sell of we should get in with one loss even though we didn't play the conference title game. Yes. Because of a win over Notre Dame, which looked good in week one, didn't look good in week five, and now looks good again in week 13 or whatever we're in now, 13 or 14. Yep. So I think Michigan, like you said, if it's a close loss, I think Michigan could get in still. I think it's a lot easier – just for the committee to put Ohio State in with one loss in Michigan. Sure, sure. Um, because UCF shit the bed against Nevada, or Nevada, oh boy, Navy last week, there's still an opening for that um, that team outside the Power Five for the New Year's Six Bowl. We got Tulane and Cincinnati on Friday. Uh, like... Is the winner of that game going? Like, what, what do we what do we think here? What what do we see happening? That's a good question. I, I have not paid as close of attention to the group of five this year 
partly because there aren't any all-time great stories like there have been at times the last few years. Tulane is awfully high, though, considering how much this program has floundered um, for much of the last couple of decades, if not longer. True. I I should rephrase that. Like, like came into the season expecting to be good and then ended up being good, like we've had with Cincinnati and Central Florida and teams like that the last few years. Yep. I think Tulane wins, though, so... Count me as a Very go, very go. The the green wave is uh, spreading. Is that uh, that's how I'm understanding uh, that that uh, train of thought there? So go go Tulane, beat Cincinnati, beat the Natty. Um, I mean, we look at some of these other games though. The the Civil War in Oregon. That's a big one between the Ducks and the Beavers. The Ducks yeah, biggest have, in a while. Yeah. I mean, Oregon State has been one of those quiet teams that you look and you're like, oh, Oregon State, they're not that good. Oh, my gosh, they're 8-3 and three and ranked? Like, where did this season come from? If I remember right, I think 2009 is the – I mean, obviously that was before. It was when it was the Pac-10 and before they had a conference title game. But I think that was the last season that those two played – and the winner just went to the Rose Bowl as the conference champ. Um, obviously, there's a lot more to get to a major bowl game this year and a conference title game and stuff like that. But, yeah, this is uh, this is not a, oh, well, Oregon's just going to roll. Oregon State's terrible. Like you said, it's a, it's a good Beavers team this year. And then Notre Dame at USC. Uh, Notre Dame, like, left for dead. Like midway through the season, like, oh, what a disappointing year. And then all of a sudden, the big win against Clemson. And then they've just been rolling teams lately you know, between the wins at Syracuse, which maybe doesn't look quite as good now. But they shut out Boston College last week. This team's looking really good. What kind of shot do you give them at USC on Saturday? I mean, I think they've got a shot. I mean, I don't know if I'd say it's 50 50, but I don't think it's 90 10 either. I would say it's probably like 66-33 or something like that. Okay. But, you know, they've, I think they've got a puncher's chance to win. Like, I think USC's good is legitimately good enough to be in the playoffs, but is not so good defensively that they could just be like, oh, hey, you know, our offense isn't perfect. We'll just fix everything right here with our defense. And, I like, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a shootout like UCLA ones. Mm-hmm. I, I think USC's going to win now. If Notre Dame were to win, where would they be going? Would they be going to, like, say, the Cotton Bowl this year? Uh, I mean, they do have three losses. Do they go to the I Orange don't bowl? think they're going to one of the major bowl okay. games. But I, I, and I don't remember what the uh, – even though they're not in the ACC, they get the ACC's bowl placements if they're not in the major bowl, which is weird. But I, I – and I don't remember what the top New Year – or the non-New Year six – for the ACC is, but I would imagine they'd be in that. The Orange Bowl, then, I believe. No, I mean, not New Year's Six. Oh. I don't think, oh, I don't yeah. think with yep. three losses. All right, if, if they lose, or actually, I mean, if, if they beat USC, even with three losses, I don't know if that would be enough. Because I think Penn State just has two. And Penn State's at, like, 11 right now, and I don't know if they will get in after the automatic big teams take up a couple of spots. Mm-hmm. 
Um, looking here, what maybe they would be, maybe a Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Um, that seems to be like the biggest one. The, the Citrus Bowl, maybe? I don't know. That, that would be my guess. One of those two. But, yeah, I think uh, Citrus, the Citrus Bowl, if I that was the one that used, I think, used to either be like the Capital One or the Outback or... Yep. One of those. Yeah, now it's VRBO so. or something like that. Um what other what other games on this rival rivalry week are you most excited about? Or what else do you, what else are you looking at on the schedule this week? I mean, the two biggest were USC Notre Dame and Ohio State Michigan. Um I guess I don't have it in front of me. Is does NC or does North Carolina? I don't remember. Do they play Duke or NC State to close the NC State. I think that one's interesting because I think both Clemson, Clemson's going to win. If North Carolina wins, which I would not say is a gimme, because even though NC State has not lived up to everyone's expectations, it's still good. That and is, I don't know how likely it is, but both both UNC and Clemson only have one loss. No, no, UNC lost to Georgia Tech. Oh, Georgia. right, right. I forgot about that. That got lost in the chaos. Never mind. Scratch what I said. That's not interesting anymore because if you don't have one loss against one loss. UNC blew a 17 nothing lead at home to Georgia Tech. Like, what? 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 I remember seeing that now, and I, I don't remember at what point in the day it was, but think, it was while there was something else crazy going on, so I saw it and thought, wow, that's weird, and then that's completely a, forgot a, about that until right now. It's okay to, to block that out of your memory, because I think Tar Heel fans are trying to do that as well with the game. So so another one, and I don't think that this one is going to ultimately be a great game, but I'm always intrigued to see what happens in the Iron Bowl. We'll see if Cadillac Williams has any little special sauce for uh, for Nick Saban. Yep. I don't think by the I don't think in the fourth quarter it's going to be close. I think it's possible it could be close at halftime though. And if it's close at halftime, I mean you've already done half your job, and it would be fun to make Alabama sweat in the fourth quarter against you know the team they hate more than anyone else that has a uh, an interim head coach just to see how they freak out about that. Yep. And. Auburn, one win away from bowl eligibility. So what better way for there's more at stake here now with Alabama. Alabama can just say, hey, yeah, we don't want Auburn in a bowl game this season. So we'll just And it would be the sweetest six win regular season Auburn's ever had. Oh, yes. finish with a win over Alabama. Oh, for sure. For sure. Even though Alabama doesn't have a shot at the college football playoff. Again, barring something significant happening, I just I think I they have like a .03% shot where you'd have to be like, all right, Georgia beats LSU by 50. You know, Ohio State beats Michigan by 40. Actually, yeah. I don't even know. Actually, maybe you wouldn't want that. Maybe you'd want. I'm just trying to think this out here. If Clemson loses either this week or to um, North Carolina in the conference title game. Mm-hmm. USC loses this week and then again in the conference title game, and Georgia beats LSU by 40. I don't know if that's enough, but I think then we would be starting to be like, well, it's gone from no shot to like maybe a 20% chance. But we're talking, I mean, that we don't have to worry about that until at least next week. Now. Right. Right. 
So, with that, with that being said, you ready to play the last uh, uh, week of Bull Bound or Not for the year? Oh, I'm ready. All right. Again, so many people. Helen A. in, uh, in Montana sent me a letter the other week saying thank you so much uh, for all you do. You and Charlie are great at Bull Bound or Not, and we would love to help make this more of a national staple on, on ESPN. So, Helen, appreciate that uh, I mean, just Spencer in Iowa again, so kind. Uh, Sheldon in Iowa too, right in yep. your neck of the woods. So, yep. um, yeah, we just get so so many uh, wonderful people reaching out to us, and uh, can't thank them enough for listening in and making this as uh, one of the certainly more successful uh, games and and segments that we do on the podcast certainly during um, football season. So, there is currently a game going on with bowl eligibility at stake here. Ball State at Miami of Ohio. Going into this game, both teams are 5-6. and six. So, Charlie, who would you say is bowl-bound? Give, give me the team that's had a president. Give me Miami of Ohio. All right. Who, who's that, Fillmore? I forget which one it was. Okay. But I know there's only like five five college football teams that have – or Division One teams that have – or I should say FBS teams that have had a president. I remember Miami of the one that always trips everyone up. And I believe – so we have like five – there are five spots left for um, – for bowl eligible teams and stuff, I think we have sixty or seventy seven teams with at least six wins. So there are five, or no seventy five. So we need five more to get to eighty, and that will get us to the full allotment of teams. So two five and six teams squaring off in the match in action on Tuesday. So we'll see what happens there. Let's go to Friday then. Uh, Friday, Friday, let's see. We got one game on Friday with bold eligibility here at stake. It is in the SEC. It is Arkansas, 6-5, at Missouri, 5-6, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Charlie, is Missouri bull-bound or not? They're not. They're not going to be able to beat the Hawks. Pick Suey's coming out on top. I hope so. I hope so. Very good. I like that pick there. Uh, so we have, like I said, one at, one right now for sure is happening. We have four more left. Just keep that in mind here. As we go into Saturday's games, it starts off right away. Georgia Tech, 5-6 and six at number one. Georgia, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN. Charlie, is Georgia Tech bullbound or not? Having to play the number one team in the country to get bowl eligible is not a great formula. They are not. It's not going to work out for the Yellow Jackets. I would wholeheartedly agree. Western Kentucky, 7-5 and five at 5-6. Five and six. Florida Atlantic, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time on CBSSN. Worth noting, with Western Kentucky right now, the line, they are favored to win by 7. Uh, Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers roll in and roll out with a win back to Western Kentucky. All right. So no bull... Game no bowl win for Florida Atlantic, so we're still at one here. How about four and seven Kent State at five and five Buffalo, one p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on ESPN Plus. Buffalo favored by four. 
Buffalo's going to win. They know that even with the Bills kind of struggling right now and not being as good as people thought they might be, that someone needs to pick up the slack in the city. So Buffalo gets the win, goes to a bowl, even though they're only going to play 11 regular season games. All right. Very good. Yeah, because, I mean, let's say Buffalo loses this game. Do they then purposefully try and get that Akron game rescheduled on conference championship week so they can get to bowl eligibility? I think they absolutely would try to do it. I I think they'd have to get Akron to agree. I don't know. I mean, I would hope Akron would do it to give a conference brethren a break, but maybe. I mean, not like lose on purpose, but at least give them a game to give them a shot. Wouldn't that be funny is if Buffalo loses to Kent State and then they're like, yeah, we got to get this game scheduled so we can get bowl eligible, and then Akron goes in and beats them? That would that be, would be pretty funny. That would be awesome. That would, that would be very much Larry David curb your enthusiasm stuff. Yes. So, two spots down. How about Rice, 5-6 and six at 6-5 six and five North Texas? One, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central Time on ESPN Plus. North Texas, a 14.5-point favorite. And Rice just got drilled last week by, uh, who was it, UTSA, something like that? Yeah, I think North Texas wins handily. That's a shame. Rice, a very six, uh, like Vanderbilt, a team that has been down in the dumps for a long time. And here they are, uh, kind of a resurgent season, but just can't quite get to bowl eligibility. Five and six Auburn at nine and two Alabama. Three thirty p.m. Eastern, two thirty p.m. Central Time on CBS. I'd love to see it, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think Alabama wins by, let's say, twenty. All right, still at two. How about five and six UAB at three and eight Louisiana Tech? Three thirty p.m. Eastern, two thirty p.m. Central Time on CBS SN. UAB seventeen and a half point favorites. UAB gets it done. Blazers go bowling. All right. We're at three now. So that, by my count, I believe we have two left. Five and six UTEP at nine and two UTSA. 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central Time. UTSA is a 17-point favorite. But they're going to be looking ahead to their bowl game. Miners come out with the win. Whoa, there's Shocker. four. Okay, okay. That means one more here Uh Potentially, oh, and then we might have some fighting. So here we go. How about Michigan State five and six at nine and two Penn State four p.m. Eastern three p.m. Central Time on FS1. Well, they're paying their coach enough money that he should get to six, but I don't think he's going to. I think Penn State wins. All right for the uh, the bulky, heavy land grant trophy. That's not not a very good trophy. Five and six Southern Miss at four and seven University of Louisiana Monroe five p.m. Eastern four p.m. Central Time on ESPN Plus Southern Miss Monroe wins at home breaks their heart. Staying with us in the Sun Belt the Louisiana team. How about five and six Louisiana at four and seven Texas State again five p.m. Eastern four p.m. Central Time on ESPN Plus Louisiana five point favorite. Louisiana goes into the Lions Den and gets it done. Okay. Ball game. All right. Five. That means five. So let's see who else maybe will get in the discussion and might kick a team like, say, UConn out. We have App State six and five. Remember when App State was the talk when the was the toast of the town in college football? I do. And, that seems like five years ago now. Yeah, back when a win against A and M looked good. <laughs> 
Uh, certainly not the case anymore. They're at 5 and 6, Georgia Southern. 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central Time on ESPN+. Plus. App State's a 4.5-point favorite here. Does Georgia Southern get to bowl eligibility? They don't. App State beats them like they beat Michigan with a blocked field goal at the end. Oh, very good. All right. 15 years ago now. Here's the game I'm most intrigued by this week. 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central Time on the SEC Network. 9-2 Tennessee at 5-6 Vanderbilt. Tennessee's a 14-point favorite. Does Vanderbilt get to six wins? Stack and I'd love to tell you that they're going to do it, even though they've got what they want. I, I think it's a much bigger rivalry for uh, Vanderbilt than it is Tennessee. Tennessee probably a bit down in the dumps. Sure are. They are more talented. Guess what? Lee Corso's spin job. Actually, Vanderbilt's getting it done and Yeah! Not so fast. Yes! I think this is a... I, I actually think that Vanderbilt's got a decent shot. I'm not saying they're going to do it, but considering what Tennessee's going through, considering they, you know, the bad loss last week, not not going to be in position for a spot in the college football playoff. Hendon Hooker's out. Like, where's the motivation? I don't. I yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's a much bigger rivalry for Vanderbilt than Tennessee. Like, I'm sure Tennessee wants to win, but I don't think it's to them, it's not going to be the worst thing in the world if they lose. Where Vanderbilt winning, like, will be something that they'll be able to tell their kids about for generations to come. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. For sure. How about 7-4 Pitt at 5-6 Miami, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Time on the ACC Network? Pitt wins. Miami goes from one of those... Uh, Footnotes in history to rank. I remember if they were in the top ten or top fifteen, but ranked high in the preseason to not even go to a ball game. There we go, and that does it. That's the last bowl uh, team with bowl eligibility on the line here. So I believe we have six then fighting for five spots. So it could make for who's the who's not going to get in. That's going to be the interesting. Thing is, we. Uh, I mean, it's not going to be Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's getting in. Yes. Yeah. You have all those. It takes a lot to get into Vanderbilt. So, yeah, you better believe that when they get to six wins, they're going bowling. And for Vanderbilt's sake, I hope they don't go to like a game in Nashville. No, the they're just like, oh, we don't even go out of state. The music like, hopefully, city bowl. Hopefully, they at least get to go somewhere like seven or eight. Like, hopefully, they get to go to like California or something. I'm going to be curious, like, with Kansas this year, wherever they go for a bowl game, they're, that's going, they're going to care about that game a lot. Um, despite their recent woes, I wonder if, the, if that will carry over, like, uh, the, just the excitement. Like, yes, we're, we're here. We haven't been to a bowl game in a long time. We're going to be – we're going to try and win it. We're not going to have players, like, not uh, – Playing in the game because of draft um, stock and, and whatnot. For the players, I agree that they will be very excited. For the Kansas fans, I think it will just depend if the men's basketball team plays that day or not. Yeah, that's true. That's if they don't, then they'll be like, hey, this is fun. I mean, if you want a whole bunch of Kansas fans, what you actually need is that Kansas football plays somewhere that it is within an hour of a road game for Kansas 
Like, I don't know what their schedule looks like, but it was like, oh, actually, we're playing in uh, San Diego. It's like, oh, and then we got a basketball game in Los Angeles the next day. You know what? We're going to go to both those now. That would be the best way to get Kansas fans to go to the bowl game. And, and, I yes. mean, some will go no matter what. But I mean, if you're talking, you know, we want 30,000 of them. I think that would be the best way. Agreed. Agreed. Charlie, is there anything else we need to get to here before we say so long? Um, should, should, I, think, I don't know if I have anything. Should else. mention I I South Dakota State, the number one seed in the FCS playoffs. Oh right, yeah. Um, didn't even have to play last week. And right. Look how good it was. Sacramento State, number two. I think there was a little bit of a surprise there, but SDSU's resume I think speaks for itself. NDSU, the three seed. Montana State wouldn't have to seed. play North Dakota State till the national title game at a neutral site. Crins wants North Dakota State. I get it. I'm just nervous about what would happen. And then, you know, if the Jacks lose, we'd never be able to live it down. Um, I think North Dakota State is a little more susceptible this year than in years past. But I do believe that SDSU will be going to Frisco when it's all said and done. I sure hope so. If if seed-wise it plays out, I think they could beat Montana State. But I don't think that'll be an easy game. No, I think they could do it, though. Because I think it'd be Montana State that play in the semifinals, yes. right? Yes, yes, that is correct. Yeah. But beat Montana State, and then just play Sacramento State. Let's go one versus two. There we go. I'd be okay so with that. So then if North Dakota State fans say you didn't beat us, be like, well, actually we did in the regular season. Yeah. And then we beat the number two team in the country. So I guess our national title is more impressive than any of yours are. Yeah, uh, I think we uh, beat uh, – in fact, we've beaten you the last three times in the regular season. So – there you go. Suck on them eggs. That's right. <laughs> Charlie, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Well, by the way, what's your favorite food uh, on Thanksgiving? I think it's not just mashed potatoes. It's the combination of mashed potatoes and gravy. Yeah. Because I don't have gravy very often, and I really like mashed potatoes and gravy. There we and go. And then you do it so you get a little bit of turkey. And then the mashed potatoes and gravy on top of your piece of turkey. And that's my that's my favorite bite of Thanksgiving stuff. Add a little bit of corn in there if you have corn as well. I got a lot of weird food things, and I realize this is going to sound really weird. I like corn on the cob. I don't like corn off the cob. Okay. I don't know why that is. In- I know that's dumb, but... No. Hey, we, that That's perfectly... Logical, I you know because there is a slightly different taste like corn out of a can, different than corn on the cob. I get you, I hear you. There we go. And also, since that's what I like, and I don't like corn off the cob, I will not be putting any corn in my mashed potatoes. That is fair. That is very fair. I like stuffing too. How about you? Oh, I love stuffing. Oh, yeah, and I'm more of the sides guy. not the sweet potatoes, not the candied yams, I don't, or not yams, just nope, nope. Stuffing, mashed potatoes, gravy, the corn, the dinner rolls. Um, yeah, dinner rolls I like too. Oh, yeah. Uh, all about I'm very much, I'm very much a, savor, a, a salt and savory guy. Yes. So those are generally the things I want the most. Yeah. Well, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Enjoy all the great football. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, my friend, as we preview championship week. All right, sounds good, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, too. Thank you very much, Charlie. All right.
See you later. Charlie Hildebrand, kind enough to join me here. Uh, we played the last edition of Bullbound or Not, Thanksgiving, a lot to go on there. And now we will wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Uh, as we always do during football season, a look back at the previous week in the NFL and make some early picks for the following week. And so let's go back to week 11. It began on Thursday night. Ryan Tannehill threw for over 300 yards. I didn't know he could do that, uh, especially with the wide receiving core that he has there in Tennessee. But he did, and the Titans beat the Green Bay Packers 27-17. to uh, Any momentum the Packers had from beating the Cowboys the week before out the window. Sunday, we had the Chicago Bears uh, and Atlanta Falcons entertaining game. Justin Fields, uh, really good first half. Bears were up 17-7, and then Cordero Patterson returned a kick for a touchdown for Atlanta. That boosted them. They went on a roll. They ended up winning 27-24. Justin Fields hurt his non or his left not his non-throwing shoulder. We'll see what his status is here moving forward for the week. Baltimore Ravens beat the Carolina Panthers 13-3. Not a great game. Uh, Baker Mayfield was not good for the Panthers. But the defense kept them in this game. Um, the Ravens got the window, and that's all that matters. They improved to 7-3. and three. Because of the snow, because of the blizzard in Buffalo with 6.5, 7 feet of snow, the Bills and the Browns played in Detroit. The, Brown, or the Bills did make it there in time, thankfully. A bit of a slow start, but eventually the Bills got going. Tyler Bass kicked, what, five field goals? He was just incredible in this one. And the Bills get the win, 31-23 over the Cleveland Browns. Browns late rally, couldn't quite get the job done, though. Uh, Bills get the win. Commanders roll over the Houston Texans, 23-10. Pick six to start this game. The Texans' offense was terrible. Washington cruised to victory. The Indianapolis Colts had a 13-3 lead going into the fourth quarter against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Eagles' offense just couldn't do much, and then when they needed to, they got the job done. They cut the lead 13-10. to The Colts get a field goal. They had actually missed a field goal earlier in the half, and then the Eagles go down the field, score a touchdown on a, a nice draw play by Jalen Hurts, Eagles quarterback. They get the stand, and the Eagles get the 17-16 win. When when the Eagles won, that's when I was like, okay, the, the, the universe is trying to tell us that something's not going to go right for the Vikings, and it and it wouldn't. Uh, New England Patriots get the 10-3 win over the New York Jets. Uh, a punt return for a touchdown with five seconds left. The only touchdown scored in this game, Nick Folk missed a couple field goals because of the wind. After the game, Zach Wilson, Jets quarterback, refused to really take ownership of the the Jets offense Bulls they had two yards of total offense in the second half that is absolutely despicable New Orleans Saints beat the LA Rams 27 to 20 Andy Dalton a pretty good game in this one Jarvis Landry a touchdown catch Chris Olave a touchdown catch Matthew Stafford leaves the game for uh, the Rams at quarterback with a concussion. The backup, John Wolford, left the game with an injury. It's just not good overall. The Rams really, really struggling. Don't look now, but the Detroit Lions have won three games in a row. They beat the New York Giants 31-18. A windy day in the Meadowlands. Hey, why not call on Jamal Williams, running back for the Detroit Lions. He had what, at least two rushing touchdowns. In this one, DeAndre Swift had a rushing touchdown. Lions 
take down the Giants. They held Saquon Barkley at a 22 yards rushing. Lions turning the things around here as they get the win. Las Vegas Raiders sweep the Denver Broncos for the season. Uh, they've now won six in a row against the Broncos. They get a 22-16 win here. Late field goal by the Raiders after a defensive stand helped um, set up the, the game-time field goal. And then in overtime, Derek Carr finds Devontae Adams for the second time. Raiders get the 22-16 win. Cowboys destroy the Vikings 40-3. Worst home loss for the Vikings since 1963. It's the biggest Road margin victory for the Cowboys in franchise history. Dak Prescott was good. Tony Pollard was great. Uh, the Vikings couldn't play defense. They couldn't protect Kirk Cousins. Just should have just ran the damn football. Uh, bad loss. We'll see what they can do this week. And then the Cincinnati Bengals get the win over the Pittsburgh Steelers, 37-30. Joe Mixon had to leave the game for the Bengals, but that's okay. Samaji Ryan was just fine. Three receiving touchdowns for him. In this one, and the Bengals win 37-30. Sunday Night Football, great game here. Kansas City Chiefs beat the L.A. Chargers 30-27. Travis Kelsey, six catches, 114 yards, and three touchdowns, including the, the go-ahead touchdown, the game-winning touchdown, with just over 30 seconds to go in the game. Uh, Justin Herbert throws an interception. That's how the Chiefs win. Uh, Mike Williams had to leave the game, Char Chargers wide receiver, with a hurt ankle. And then Monday Night Football in Mexico City, it was all 49ers, 38-10 over the Colt McCoy-led uh, Arizona Cardinals. Brandon Ayuk, a couple touchdown catches. George Kittle, a couple touchdown catches. Big game for the 49ers as they get the win. So let's go to Week 12. Uh, no buys this week. No buys. Triple day or Turkey Day triple header, as is always custom here, begins Thursday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Central Time on CBS. The Buffalo Bills at the Detroit Lions. Now, the Bills are the better team than Detroit, but Detroit's won three in a row. Quiet confidence about them. The Bills haven't looked great for the last month. Watch out for this one. I'm going Buffalo here, but Detroit could certainly get the upset. New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Both teams are 7-3. The Cowboys, what a, what a win against the Vikings last week. Don't do what the Vikings did this last week after that big win over the Bills and like, like just come out flat against the Giants. I don't think that's the case. The Giants, they have to figure out some stuff from last week. I like the, the Cowboys to get the win in this one. New England Patriots at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC on Thursday. Vikings, got to get the win here. Bill Belichick's coming to town. That He's going to get some pressure on Kirk Cousins. That defense is going to play great. I'm going to go with the Vikings, but I don't say that with a great degree of confidence. This is a big test for Kevin O'Connell and company. Uh, Vikings, please get the job done. Now let's go to Sunday's games here. Denver Broncos at the Carolina Panthers, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Who the hell knows what's going on here? But the, the Panthers have not won a game outside of their division this year. I'll go with the Broncos to get the win. A low-scoring affair. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Cleveland Browns. 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. The Bucs have won two in a row. Maybe things are starting to head in the right direction. Had 161 yards rushing against Seattle in that game in Germany a couple weeks ago. Let's see what they can do in this one. I think both. This is going to be a, a battle of the a battle of the backs between the Bucks and the Browns. A lot of bees in here. A lot of bees. A lot of a little, little alliteration. 
Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, or Nick Chubb will have a big game. Leonard Fournette will have a big game. Bucks get the win, though, over the Browns. Baltimore Ravens at the Jacksonville Jaguars, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Jaguars will be tough, but the Ravens just too good. Lamar Jackson and company get the job done. But this has a Bills-Jaguars feel to it from last year when the Jaguars got the win. Don't, don't be shocked if Jacksonville gets the win. Houston Texans at the Miami Dolphins, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. The Texans are terrible. The Dolphins are good. Coming off of a bye, Tyree Hill, Jalen Waddle, big games. Dolphins throttle Houston. Chicago Bears at the New York Jets, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. We don't know if Justin Fields play, will play. Uh, we don't know who's starting at quarterback for the Jets. I'm going to go with the Jets here to get the win just because the Bears don't win a lot of these games. I think the defense is going to contain Justin Fields or whoever. If Justin Fields doesn't play, the Bears have no shot. But if he does, they they do. So, still going with the Jets. Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. A rematch of last year's uh, somewhat thrilling divisional playoff game. Travis may not think so. Where the Bengals got the upset win. But the Titans are playing really good this year. Give me the Titans to beat the Bengals. Um... On the Titans now, they've proven me wrong multiple times. 5-6 Atlanta Falcons at the 6-5 Washington Commanders, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Commanders have won 5 out of 6, that low loss to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Atlanta doesn't have Kyle Pitts, not that they used him much anyway this year. Give me Washington to get the win uh, and stay hot. LA Chargers at the Arizona Cardinals. 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. If Kyler Murray plays, the Cardinals have a shot. But I think Justin Herbert and the Chargers take care of business here. They go into the desert and they get the win over Arizona. Las Vegas Raiders at the Seattle Seahawks. 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Let's see what the kind of momentum the Raiders can get off of that win last week in Denver. I think Seattle coming off the bye. Well-rested, they'll be able to attack that Raiders defense. Give me Seattle for the win here. L.A. Rams at the Kansas City Chiefs, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on Fox. The Rams are a bad football team right now. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense rolling. They roll in this one again, and they they beat uh, in the former battle of Missouri teams. Kansas City shows why they are the true Missouri team. They win. New Orleans Saints at the San Francisco 49ers, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. 49ers looking really good right now. Defense is great. Offense great. They're going to take care of the Saints. Regardless of who's at quarterback, give me the 49ers. Green Bay Packers at the Philadelphia Eagles, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. If the Packers lose this game, they are done. I don't see them for sure winning the NFC North. I don't see a playoff win or a a spot in the playoffs likely for them if they lose this game at Philly. Um, Philly, just too good. They get the win there. And then Monday Night Football, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Indianapolis Colts, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. A dud of a game. Colts are playing better under Jeff Saturday. I'm going to give them the win take the Colts over the Steelers. Uh, Those are your Week 12 picks. Official picks and predictions can be found in the stack, stackattack.sportsblog.com, in our Football Friday post. 
Uh, happy Thanksgiving to one and all. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Thankful for you all. Hope you have a wonderful uh, Thursday, wonderful holiday, wonderful holiday weekend with family, friends, food, football, whatever you do to celebrate. Hope it's a great holiday for you. Uh, enjoy all the football. Enjoy the World Cup. Uh, big upset with Saudi Arabia taking down Argentina on Tuesday. We'll talk with Marcus, I think, next week about the World Cup and get his reaction to what we've seen so far. Uh, we'll talk college football. We'll get the you know, set-up championship week for you. We'll talk about the NFL, hopefully the Vikings. We're talking the Viking victory next week. We'll discuss it all. So, uh, Podcast can be found on podcast.com. Also on iTunes, just search Sports Block. Uh, Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Uh, Twitter at Andy Stack and Travis Krins on Twitter at Travis Krins. Charlie's on Twitter at C.E. Hildebrand. Uh, so definitely uh, follow them on Twitter. You have links to the podcast posted all later part of uh, middle to later part of each week. So for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, have a wonderful, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your week, and we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone.